everyone. Welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons. We were gone last week. Uh, I was out of town. Thank you for letting me do so and uh, giving us a bit of a break because now we're all super excited to be back. I know I am, and uh, thanks for that. Also, a reminder that if you're watching the show either live or later or on the podcast or however you're getting it, maybe sit on down and relax. Put your feet up with a hot piping cup of tea from phoenixpearltea.com. Go to phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD and check out the TWBD branded teas that we have only there. It's the only place you can get them. So go check that out. That's phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. That's short for There Will Be Dungeons. Okay, let's go ahead and dive right in. Before we do anything else, though, it's time for Kristen to saunter up to the microphone and tell us what happened two weeks ago on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, now nude, they all fed on flakes. To the bottom of the bayou they bound where they breathed without bother. In an instant, they were whisked to Malhaya's milieu. Water. Water everywhere. An eldritch entity enveloped their limited lookings. So large it loomed, but battle was belayed when the finned fishbird fixed a firmament. He was mirthful and merry and rejoined with riddles rather than reality. Stymied, Stanley stabbed and vexed Vents until Malhaya popped him from his position, exiting him from existence. Burl placated the playful god and Stanley was stepped back. Their muscles mended the fishbird chuffed to chip in on behalf of the bona fide beliefs of Emino. They then reckoned restoring water to their world. Demolish the demons first, for they barred the baptism. Next was the nestled nook to nab Nash's family, Bok Bok, Chunks, and Lyriel, and finally a forum with the High Elf. Leaving their loved ones outside the office, the fearsome four found a photosynthesizing elder elf. He welcomed them, only to be distressed with the disturbances of Diantalus. Luckily, he knew how to knock the noxious nemesis. The god had been gone from his favorite Feywilds for far too long, and the insanity had been injurious. Stanley had to help hide the beast back to his bailiwick. Ready to row, Diantalus was demanded. The Archfey appeared, and it was an articulated altercation. Diantalus, deteriorating, feared the Fey for his father's fury, but Stanley stood strong and convinced the corrupted character to concede. Diantalus relented his revenge, but only if Stanley went as well. Forever. Meanwhile, the fearsome figure haunting hope tempted trouble, conferring to her the key to Diantalus's permanent passing. The King of Carnage now calmed it was time to turn talks to protecting the planet once and for all. Now rejoin our heroes as they gather guidance to plot a plan. How long to make the machine? What will they do in the delay? And can the fiery fae wait that long before going too mad to manage? Stay tuned for today's adventure within the sacred halls and green walls of El Handar. That brings us current. Bo, take it away. All right. Stanley Billings, Pharrell Rasfim Kurek, Nash Maggot of the Solar Mines, and Orifi, otherwise known as Hope Akmenos, Queen, no less, stand before two great elf beings at the top of the Cadillac Spire on the space station of Alhandar that orbits Earth. What just took place in this room was a conversation between Diantalus and Stanley, where Diantalus has just convinced 
or Stanley has just convinced Diane Talis to return to the Feywild to face justice for his crimes against the Alhandari people. The terms of the agreement, if uh, I recall correctly, um, it were that at this juncture, uh, Diane Talis would return home to his court in the Feywild and not to the royal court to face justice until Stanley was done doing what it was his purpose was in the prime material uh, and Dientel's promised to wait and to go home and you know basically not be any trouble uh, then Stanley went a little bit further and asked if he could call upon Dientalis to aid him in the battle against the principal Silence. Uh, the last thing Diantella said was, yes, in agreement. <laughs> and Stanley, the ball is in your court. It's a reminder of the High Elf's name. It's Amantha Lodar. Yeah, it's very easy to say. I've been memorizing. I've spent a week memorizing. <laughs> oh, can I ask you a question? Did you come up with that name um, partially? Hopefully based- I don't kill him in the next 10 minutes. Did you base that name partly on... Um- when they say Beltalodar on, uh, on no, it's just syllable soup, man. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it comes out sounding like other things. All right, it's I kind, kind of, of like that, Amanda I, and Lodar, but it's Amantha Lodar. I binged that series over the week, and I—that's all I hear now. <laughs> yeah, Belter well, language, you know. It's a good show, Sasuke. Yeah, it's, good. it's really good. Uh, I know, me know, me know, Beltalodar. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, Stanley. It's over to you, Sasuke. All right. Well, I guess this changes our plans. We're not going to be needing to turn tail and get out of here quite as we expected. But we still have many things we need to accomplish. Uh, Chief among them, we need to... We need to construct something called a Rubistic Triangulosphere. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Just to clarify, are you speaking to Diantalis or to Amanthalodar? Kind of both, but okay. mostly Amanthalodar. Um, sensing a shift in the co- topic of conversation away from Diantalis, he puts his arms behind his back and turns and walks away from the conversation, but peacefully to, to look around the room. And Amanthalodar, uh, the high elf Amanthalodar, uh, I believe he was floating in his uh, wheelchair of vines that it's, doesn't have wheels, but actually has, you know, water carrying him along. Uh, he looks he, he looks to you and he says, A rubistic trianglosphere. That is some kind of... This is a term familiar to me, but very arcane in nature. I have... For what purpose? It is our understanding that it would be the key to saving the planet below. And how come... How do you... How come... How how come you to believe that this would be an object that would aid you in in this matter 
We've had it confirmed by a few sources. We've heard from a dying dragon as well as a god, the fishbird Malhaya. Hmm. Malhaya is not familiar to me. But it sounds as though you met the our guest Yoshala who was resting in the wilds in the biodome. Is that is it he you speak of? Uh yes. Although no longer resting, thanks in part to this one here. Unfortunately, the dragon has perished. Amantalodar <clears throat> senses the, the meaning in your words, and then he looks to Diantalus, and then he turns to you and he says, That's very unfortunate. My heart cries in, in agony at the thought of a dragon perishing. But he, he passed in a good place. Well, it turns out our companion here, Nash, uh, apparently has some connection to the dragon's mother. We were able to speak with both of them. That's where we came to learn this knowledge. Apparently a dragon metal heart is the key for its construction, but we need someone who can build it. Ah. He, he, he sort of turns around on his on his wheelchair as though he was like, he's pacing in the wheelchair, so he just goes, makes like a turn, goes down to the edge. Diantalus is walking, doing a walkabout of the room very slowly and in thought. And then the chair comes back and Manthalodar returns and, and says... We have one such engineer among the Alhandari who who could achieve such a feat, but only the one to my mind. Unfortunately, he is his whereabouts are unknown. He is not aboard Alhandar. Who and where? His name is Tungsten Wheel. He's a rather... Like your father, an independently spirited elf. Loved and accepted by us, but... One that has also chosen to forge his own path in pursuit of his intellectual interests. Which extended far beyond... Earth and Elhandar. His whereabouts are unknown, but his lover may be able to enlighten you uh, as to where he was last seen or where he could even be reached. It has been many decades since I have seen this elf. But he is responsible for a great many of the designs aboard Elhandar, the expansion of the shipyard to increase production of empathy grenades, 
he has worked on the design of the spire, uh, Cadulet spire, in his early days. He's an accomplished elf and capable of building challenging dimensional constructions from very arcane materials. But his his love and pursuit for dangerous and rare minerals and, and resources in order to fabricate wonderful constructions as as I understand it has led to his disappearance but I do not know the particulars of it the uh, lover you speak of are yes. they here are we able to speak with them no but you will be able to access them He's not aboard Alhandar because he is on... Um, there's a planet in this area. Earth is not the only planet. I, have you been taught anything about your solar system? No. He is aboard a terraforming platform on Mars. It's another world like this one. But it has always been barren and desolate. And some of the Alhandari elves have taken to attempt to transform Mars into a habitable planet as an alternative to Earth. It's known that that effort is somewhat futile because if elf, uh, if Earth should fall to the weir corruption, the rest of creation will fall soon after. But we have many industrious elves and certainly we do not... St- Stand in the way of their projects. And then he proceeds to... Um, how should I do this? I'd like to give you the teleportation coordinates for the, the portal. Is there one among you who still has the teleportation circle spell? I mean, I have the spell. Is that what you're asking? Can I make a circle? I can. Yes, uh, but... Um, sorry... Amantha Lodar wants to provide the team with coordinates for a teleportation circle on Mars. Okay. When he tells us that, then I'll say, I can take him. Give him to me. All right. So if you have a list of locations uh, where you know the coordinates to, then be sure to add that onto your character sheet. All right. When we arrive there, who should we say we're looking for? Sorry, I'm just... Can you give me the location? That's a name I don't have off the top of my head. I gotta go through my notes. Sorry. Give me that name one more time when you got it. Uh, well, the name of the person you're looking for is Tungsten Wheel. All right. What's the? Sorry. What's the location for the portal? It's a, the Mars terraforming platform. Okay. Sorry, I had this written down. Oh, I know where it is. Wrong document. I don't keep everything in one place, guys. <laughs> I keep it in fifty different places because you know. I'm awesome. Sound like me. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I have written that down. There we go. Okay. The name. Uh, oh, wait. Maybe it's somewhere else. Hang on. There we go. Too many elf names. Sorry, I'm just scanning for it. I completely forgot. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to use this one. Uh, his name is Dungstil- Dungilstar Ravensbread. <laughs> Love that name. 
when you when you arrive upon when you transport yourself to the teleportation circle, likely there won't be any elves around and it'll be quite bare. There are not many elves there. It's a remote station for specialized interests among the elves. Uh, so simply find the first person. They should be as friendly as any Elhendari elf aboard the space station and they should direct you where you need to go. Um, there are, There is a tree planted there that has begun to take root and that has begun to purify the air in the location of the terraforming platform. However, I do not recommend wandering out beyond that as the planet is quite toxic and fatal to living beings. I would restrict your movements to the platform. That does bring up another purpose that we have here. Once we meet with this person, we're going to need a way to return. Um, my understanding is that there is a teleportation circle here on El Handar. Would it be possible for Nash to learn that sign as well? Yes, of course. And then he conveys the information. I just don't know. It's like glyphs, I suppose. He, he speaks to you in a series of glyphs that you understand, and you should make a note of that as well. On your list of teleportation circle coordinates, you also have uh, the Cagulet, uh teleportation circle on the Alhandar space station. Okay. So I've got that, the Mars terraforming platform, planet Nash, Tiatkala, tower. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, tower is planet Nash. Or no. No, the tower in... White uh, tower. White tower. White tower, sorry. Yeah. Cool. So... Diantalis, back to our discussion. This concerns you. As far as I see it, the current business that I need to attend to before I can see to any of yours, we need to find this person, this tungsten wheel. We need to have them make the device. After that, we've been instructed to go to the hottest place on the planet. Uh... I'm not sure if that's something your people will be able to aid us with or not. We also need to stop the principal. And on a more personal note, I don't know if you've heard anything yet, but I would like to find my father and return him here. Once that business is concluded, I should be available to aid you. He looks to you and he says... I don't need to know the particulars of your little human dramas. When you're done with whatever it is you're doing, playtime is over. Summon me to help you slay the principal. I will deal the killing blow. And how would we go about calling upon you? It's a good question. And he thinks about it for a moment, and then he reaches into... Because um, even though he's in ghost form, he has some elements of, a, of an outfit in ethereal form as well. So he reaches inside of a breast pocket, and he pulls out an ocarina. And he moves forward with the ocarina in one hand, and hands it out, and it's all ethereal and glowing-like. And he says, Play a song, any any song on this 
Ocarina. I'll know it's time. Farewell. And we should do this in the midst of battle. As I said, don't trouble me with particulars. When it's time to summon me, you'll know. Take the ocarina. All right. And as you grab the ocarina, it solidifies from ethereal energy into into this beautiful wood uh, carving. It's just finished, no blemishes, like elder wood, very dark chestnut, awesome, like, 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 uh, you know, wood grain uh, all over it. An article of elven perfection and innocent and benign looking in your hand. The bard finally got an instrument. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Diantalus, a thought occurs to Diantalus and the DM. And Diantalus says, I realize you may not know how to play a song, so don't concern yourself with becoming a virtuoso. Simply humming a few notes will do. You can manage that. Can't you? Uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> I can do that. I'm sorry. I'm looking to see if I actually know how to play, because I, as part of character creation, I know some instruments. I can play the drum, the horn, the lute, and the pan flute. Oh well, you so you have some flute skills. Yeah, and sounds like you'd be able to pull it off. You're a, you're flutist. a flutist. Yeah, flutist. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, great. I think I can manage. Okay. Amanth Lordar. looks looks to you and says, Was there anything else that I could help you with, child, in these desperate times? Stanley will kind of look at the others. I believe that's the crux of what we needed. I guess this is as good a place to start as any. Okay, does anyone else have anything that they want to contribute to the conversation? Is it getting close to done? Mm. Nash does not. So to recap, we are going to Mars because we don't know who's going to make the device that we buried the heart for. Yeah, so the the the, the lover of the engineer who could build a rubistic trianglosphere uh, is located on Mars. Cool. Do we need to then... Uh, I, we can do this outside the room, though, but uh, talk about relocating the heart again since we're not going to make use of it soon. I think it should be okay since Diantalus, as far as we know, isn't a threat anymore. Yeah, and it's by that thing that people can't get near. That's true. He was the one who upset the mages who turned into deer. Yeah. Okay. So as far as we know. Thing. We think. We could ask him. He's Did right we here. Ask him? Yeah. Who wants to ask him? 
<laughs> well, you know how Varel would ask, so you know, stop me if you're if you're no, I, I think Varel should ask. Dian Talus. Yes. Were you responsible for the maddened wizards we fought who hid as deer? Why dredge up the past? Because the past is I see is no use in discussing this. Because I need to know if our hidden location is going to be safe. Otherwise, there may be a force of evil deer who will interrupt our plans. Dianetalus looks to you, Stanley, and says, There is no force of evil deer. <laughs> yes, I made them serve me and my ends. Leave it at that. Very well. And you, king of this place, what of the phantom pirates? What's of them? So you know of them. So this is a, a casual encounter for your people. No, uh, no, but we know very little of, of them. They were probably imprisoned uh, by the principal and escaped during the explosion. And Dientel speaks up again and says, <clears throat> Those are mine too. In my escape, I freed them and transported myself aboard your ship. They were my vessels back to the space station. They're nothing to worry about. You jerk. You <laughs> sought ghost pirates on our vessel while we transported a pregnant woman who was... At the moment, yes, Nash, giving birth. <laughs> Couldn't you inhabit a hat or something? Stan, he, he looks to you, Stan, and says, I didn't agree to this. If you can't withstand the verbal lashings of Varel, I don't see how well you're going to fare against your own kind, Dian Talus. All right, lizard. I am an archfey. My time is important, and your lives are quite insignificant to me. So yes, I use mortals for all sorts of purposes. If you'd like to take me to task for that, I may have to add another one to the list of mortals I've stepped on. A fine threat, and I respect it. Though no more servants on this journey, yes? This is part of the deal with Stanley. This deal grows more irritating by the second. All right. Well, we know you're not going to be acting against us. It seems we have a good direction in which to move. Is there anything else we need before we depart? Um... There was something when I first arrived here you wanted to show me, Amanthalodar, and I pushed you away, oddly enough, because I feared you might be acting in his interest. But if you want to show me, I'm open to it now. Do you remember what that was, John? <laughs> Lots he happened tried, since that conversation. <laughs> he tried to do some sort of weird mind meld thing on the oh, first interesting. day okay. there. Okay. So, not a problem. I'm going to have to look it up, though, because I don't remember it. 
Um, just everything's moved past that. I didn't really. Hmm. All right. This is what we're going to do. It seems you found your. You found some of the secrets of your villa that belonged to your father, yes? I did. The purpose of our meeting was to provide you with information to know me so that you would trust me. But I see that you found your answers on your own, Stanley. There's nothing gained from this that couldn't be answered by your father in his tone. Have you had a chance to read deeply into it? A bit, though it's still very foreign to me, the concepts and ideas, but yes, I found his study, his research. And? I still don't know exactly what to make of it, to be honest with you. My father seems to want me to be on some sort of path I don't understand and I'm not sure I'm okay with, but regardless, it was a comfort to find. Well, I will tell you this, Stanley. The secrets of that house you have not yet fully uncovered. There's a great deal more to tell. And as he says that, in the, in the um, dome, in the background of the dome, where you can see uh, Earth, and then you can see the sun, and the sun's not burning your eyes, you know, it's just you have this view, view vista of space all around. You see in the background a castle warp in and just appear. And then around it, these boats. A hundred boats. Like, picture it Star Wars warping style. Just like, poof, a giant fleet of airships uh, and a castle appear in the horizon. And immediately, glowing blue lights begin, torpedo style. Just a hundred of them. A big wave. Hit the space station. Everyone rocks. And um, and then uh, there's that alarm goes off immediately. And a holographic elf appears and goes, Hi, Alpha Mantha Lodar, we're under attack. Diantalus looks and goes, We can see that, you fool. And... <laughs> And, and uh, the the glue the blue hologram that's uh, there, Di- um, Mantelodar speaks to it and says, "Report." And the the, the, uh, the hologram says, "There's been a breach below decks, and our shield generators are down, and the assault will sink us. What should we do?" And Mantelodar looks and says, "Begin, um, send out the fighters, and begin evacuation procedures immediately." And then as this happens, more and more shots hit. And then one of these big glowing blue things is about to hit the dome. And it goes... And it's about to just blow you all up. And then a Mantelodar rises from his from his uh, wheelchair and just raises his hands out and catches it magically before it hits. And it goes... And then it just dissipates. And then he looks to you and he says, Stanley, we must keep you safe. 
And then just as he says that, and then, then all these little ships sort of fly out from all the other big airships, have little airships that fly out, and they start whizzing around and assaulting the space station. The place starts rocking like crazy. And as this happens, all around you, all around the room, just picture the camera sort of swirling around you in the circular room as you're in the center. Rogues and monks and wizards and sorcerers, a hundred of them, circle all around you. And they have this distinct look of people from the hive in Sigil. And then the last one to float up above you, standing on a disc with a purple robe and a purple robe behind and three heads. There's a human, but with three heads, appears. Okay, it's going to take a minute to review a note. I got really caught up in the excitement and I forgot something. One sec. Okay. Captain, we're under attack! <laughs> I, I just... I'm, it's a name thing again. I name these characters and I don't put them in good... They're in text and I have to dig them out. Sorry. I, I'm just bad with that. Okay. This, uh, he's in a purple robe. He has three heads. He's human and has like kind of not long hair, just like but enough hair so that it kind of floats up and makes like a, you know, thing. And he's wearing this robe, and he's got this large necklace on as part of the robe. And he's standing on a floating disc, so he's, like, floating around on the disc. And he says, he says, oh, damn! Oh, I found him! And he's standing on, on, and all three heads speak at the same time. So it's like this chorus of voices. In the, I found him! Ladies and gentlemen, I realize this is a bit of a shock. And then the, another torpedo hits the space station. Everyone kind of rocks a bit. I realize this is a bit of shock to everyone, but I'm here on business. And we can do this, guys, the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. It's up to you. But I got to tell you, I kind of like the hard way. But first, introductions. Introductions are... No, stay your weapons. We're having a little parlay before we get down to business. My name is Henatar Grape. And I'm the leader of the Asphyxiant Army, the greatest mercenary fleet in all of the Void. Very few can get away from me so quickly, and I've been following you, and he points to Hope, quite a bit. And I finally got caught up with you. Now, you're probably wondering... What am I doing blowing up your space station and coming aboard and interrupting your important elf business? Well, I got a contract out for that one, and he points to Hope, and that one, and he points to Varel. And the person that hired us got a real hate on for these two, and he wants one of them dead, and the other one, he could come back alive or dead. I see a lot of confused looks. Not many people have a whole fleet come after and chase them. Uh, well, before I, you uh, respond, oh, before you respond, just one thing: the berries you ate last episode begin to take hold and start to warm up your stomachs. Amantalodar before the dying talus uh, social combat gave you berries, and you decided to trust and eat it. So your bellies are now getting very warm and strangely warm. We all took them, right? We all ate them. 
Yeah, yeah I think we did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm fairly certain I know what Hope did. I'm a little curious what Varel did. Really? You know, that blank look in your face? You don't know what's got my army after you? Well, not for Varel. Um, I know why you'd be after me. Yeah? You think so? That little pretty arm of yours? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but what about Varel? Oh, yeah. oh, there's a message going on. I think that was meant to be discreet, and I ruined the show for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awesome. All right. Um, <clears throat> you've been away from Sigil for too long, haven't you? You've been out gallivanting with gods and deities and spaceships, and you forgot that you got some friends back in uh, the place that really matters. The cage. Maybe a little friend that you owe some stuff to or that you wronged. Let me tell you. Tobacco Fleur ain't king of the hive no more. He made a mistake. He trusted someone. Someone that Varel wronged and that, in fact, all of you's wronged. That's right. I was hired by Gerbkin Shartlinger, known as the Mind Master, the smartest Halfling in all of Sigil. So smart, he got a dragon put away. And you know how he did it? The dragon trusted one too many people. Told Shartlinger about his little plan with you to overthrow the Lady of Pain. And Shartlinger, he decided to give the Lady of Pain a heads up. And the Lady of Pain wasted no time throwing... Tabacho Fleur, the great Tabacho Fleur, into a labyrinth it's going to take him a thousand of his lifetimes to get out of. And baby, you're next. That's right. And if, as for you, the Mind Master doesn't know how you did it, but he knows you cheated in that M Sports Championship. And when he's got an instinct about something, the Mind Master's never wrong. And Are you, you can't... communicating from the castle? <laughs> yeah, where is he? Is he floating in oh, front of us? He's standing on a disc in front of you. Purple robe floating in the air and everything else. Oh, okay. How high? Uh, like, a, you know, three feet. Two or three feet. Not super high, but enough to, you know, put him in this dramatic position above you. Is he humanoid? He's human, but he has three heads. Like, uh, flesh heads? Yeah. Think Zaphod Rebelbox. Uh, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh. Except three instead of the one. And three, and all the heads talk at the same time. Cool. I will adjust my question then. Is that your castle? <laughs> Why, yes. That's my. That's where our mercenary fleet is headquartered. We bring Excellent. everything with us. That's fabulous. <laughs> for I am recently proclaimed king of space, and I need a castle. <laughs> So I will be taking your castle for myself. My friend, 
He looks around to the hundred mercenaries from the Hive. You know, people now you now recognize as like background characters uh, from the Hive who've all been hired to come and smash you. Um, I think you're fine. You're a little outnumbered. Am I? Well, you see, there was the M Sports Championship where I was outnumbered, and if you declare me a cheater, would I not cheat through this situation and win? Oh, you can cheat all you want. I'm one of the dirtiest fighters there is. Bring it. Well, this sounds quite reasonable to me, friends. All right, so it's getting really tense, and he's, he's going to ask one final thing. He's going to say, are we going to do this the hard way or the easy way? And I'd like to give you a chance to get your bearings and t- chat with each other and think about it. Diane Tallis and Amantha Lodar are in the center of the room with you as well. Uh, how close are all these people that are surrounding us? In the um, they're not that far. I would say the room, I mean, the room might be, the room's spacious. So it's just measuring in feet. I never do this. Um, maybe about 50 feet in circumference or yeah, not diameter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they would probably be about, they're close, about 10 or 20 feet, somewhere in the 10 or 20 feet range. 15, let's call it 15. Okay. Give you an exact number because I think you're measuring for skills. <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course. And that's okay. That's what we're supposed to do. That's why I just want to give everyone a break to like think because I just threw a ton of shit at you. So, you know. There will be no battle map for this one. Uh cool. Uh did he teleport into the room? Yeah, they all did. That's right. Okay. Uh well. That is a tough offer you've got for us. Real, just, we're going to have to think about that. You've come in here and endangered all these fine people just to get an arm and revenge about an M Sports tournament. I think I'm going to go with the option that is kaboom, and I'm going to cast Destructive Wave. Whoa. Okay. All right. Uh, roll for initiative then. You've, you've initiated, you've instigated combat. Damn! And I have to roll one hundred. Oh, yes. I have to roll one hundred initiatives. I'm not rolling a hundred. I'm just they're all rolling, they're, they're rolling <laughs> as a group. You got to do it now. Nobody, no. nobody argued with you. We were just like, all right, well, let's just let him do it. No, have no. some polite conversation <laughs> in the background. Yeah. No, I'm I'm done. The the, the rolls are Hanatar, uh, Grape, and for the other ninety nine. Uh, 12 uh, for Scott. 26 for Stanley. 26 Nash. for Stanley. Sorry, 12 for Scott. Yeah, Nash. Sorry. Nah, sorry, Nash. <laughs> Scott Maggard of the Solar Mine. <laughs> Scott will be participating in this combat. He's, uh, yep, no powers, he's no gonna abilities. Draw them a picture and record them a show. There you go. On their way out the door. That's all I have. Thanks for playing. <laughs> all right, I need the Varel and Hope numbers. Four. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he's golfing. That's not his role. He's golfing. Yeah, he just almost <laughs> shot the number so high. Yeah. Uh, 27 for Hope. Holy shit. Oh my right. gosh. Hope she beat had me. 20 and it's a plus seven okay. initiative. So, um, Hope, you see, you can hear Stanley casting the spell with your crazy dexterous instincts. You have the opportunity to move first. Or if you didn't want to steal his thunder, I'll let you take your turn this round after him. 
I will take the round after him and immediately go after the destructive wave has cleared. Yeah, that's cool. You, you, it's twenty-seven and twenty-six, so I don't mind making that making that exception for sure. All right, Stanley. All right, destructive each cre- wave. Each creature within thirty feet of me must make a Constitution saving throw. Okay, that's us too, um, then, right? We're all within each that. creature within thirty feet of you, and must make a cost. Okay. Shit. I'm. In order to be fair about this, I'm rolling super high. I'm sorry, John. I'm rolling them in tens, just because you know you're, I'm, you're riding on a hundred hits based sure. on one roll, yeah. right? So yeah. Okay. I can just roll more than one dice, you know. Oh, that's a one. That's favorable for you. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, I rolled one too many. All right. Okay, so uh, pass, 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 fail, pass, fail. Or what's the DC? I didn't. Even, I don't think I got it from you. Seventeen. S- Seventeen. Oh, fail, Constitu- fail on Constitution. Yeah, pass, fail, fail, pass, pass, fail, fail. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, nine out of ten are actually failures. I thought. It, oh. I thought. I thought it would be better than it was. I was like, oh, this is bad. Um, okay. Okay. So. so- on a fail, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be initial 21 thunder damage. Okay. Then it's going to be 21 radiant damage. Uh, half that for people who saved and people who failed are knocked prone. Okay. So uh, 90 of the 100... Uh, fighters fall prone immediately and he's back. hello i'm back he's back I'm, I'm not concerned about the the damage or, or what's occurring I'm, I'm looking at the environmental impact of this crazy spell at a space station oh sure uh yeah it's a burst of divine energy that ripples out considering i can select who gets so, hit by it and who doesn't right. my guess so, is that there is a level of control as to okay so it's damage. a waveform and not an earthquake like because right. i think it's one of the because if you're cat like if you cast an earthquake then the space station is going to blow apart right like that's right. What's, <laughs> but if it's not an earthquake and i think destructive wave is a wave of energy um that's hostile to living tissue and not necessarily inanimate objects then and it's pretty safe. So uh, immediately there's this giant boom. I mean, do you want to describe it? All and actually, nine- thinking about it, it'd be necrotic damage. Okay. Not that it matters too much, I think. But Oh, okay. Because you uh, can decide? Yeah. Okay. So um, do, you, do you want like 90 of the 99 are going to fall? Hinatar is unaffected by it. And, like he takes the damage from the half save, but he's unaffected by the falling. Um as well as nine remain standing, but like there's this sort of light boom that goes, or is it is it purple? Yeah, or? I kind of I kind of picture it. Stanley says it and sends out the the shock wave emanates from him, and I picture it as like little arcing beams of light that just shoot out and dodge around friendly and then slam into foes, kind of Ark of the Covenant style. Awesome. All right, so perfect. So you just immediately explode everyone they fall on their butt and Hennetar grapes going like he has this major oh shit look on his face like alright um 
Uh, anything else you'd like so, to do with your turn? Uh, it's, uh, it's hard to tell if they've died. You've definitely knocked a bunch of them on their ass and done a ton of damage. So it is it is significant. Anything yeah, else you'd so, like to do? Yeah, be 42 damage to the people who failed, 21 to succeed. And that's my action. And then as a bonus action, um, I'm going to do my mantle of inspiration to my allies okay. and give them all 11 temporary hit points. Uh, that will include, let's see. Let's go ahead and include uh, a Manthalodar in that as well, because I can get up to five creatures total. Okay, so it's temporary hit points, right? Yep, and, 11 and temporary movement. hit points. And if they want to use their reaction to move, they can do so. Okay, so we don't have a map that we're playing that. with, but if there's somewhere that you want to move to, then you have an opportunity to do it like for free using your, rea- well, using your reaction right now. So and this, and this is before we take any friendly fire damage, right? Yeah, yeah. This is um, this is uh, you're 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 like on the wings of bardic magic, able to move. You're just inspired to just move quickly and react quickly. Hope's gonna climb up on the platform behind the three-headed guy. Oh, you want you want to you want to stand on the same platform? It's very narrow. It just has room for him. That's okay. All right, so you can only move. You can't perform an action. I think climbing and doing that's going to constitute action. Could I? Okay, you can throw you can her at him. Movement, only movement. Oh, okay. <laughs> you want to do the I'll cool stuff? Him, Save it for your turns if you just want to do other cool things. Well, I just want to get out of the range of this wave, so I I would go. I think he's. I think we're good. Oh, I think he's there's no friendly him. fire. There's no yeah, friendly it's fire. no friendly oh. fire. Anything that was coming at you conveniently twisted around your body and then moved on. Oh, right. It's like it's like the good version of Thunderclap. I think that's what you guys. <laughs> <everyone>. <laughs> you guys went mute. I think I missed all that. All right. Um, well, in that case, since we don't have a map, I just want to get a better, better dis, uh, a more a better so you range. Can, you view. can fly, so movement also would constitute getting <clears> up in the air if you want for you. And how high did you say he was? He's about three feet off the floor. He's dramatically higher. He's not, you know, trying to hide or anything. Well, I'm going to get up. I I want to go ten, 10 feet higher than him. But in the same okay. way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so just to so be clear, Varel and um, Hope, are you moving or are you going to wait for your turns? No, I'm going to get behind him. Okay, so Hope runs ahead of him. Varel, do you also run up to him? I'll run to the front of him so we have a flanking action going on. All right, perfect. So <laughs> you two run up to him, and then Nash just goes yep. straight up. <laughs> I want to get some. I want to get some air on him. I want to have some air superiority up there. All right, perfect. Um. Okay, so that's your turn. Hope you're up next. Okay, Hope is going to use her. Do I have to use... I can use the action surge first, right? For flavor, and then go into my regular action. Uh, yeah, you can use it. Any, you can, if you, yeah, you can action surge first and do two. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, so we have, a, we have a flank. So you have advantage on melee attacks if that changes your actions. Oh, badass, because what I'm planning on doing is for my action surge, kick the platform to see if I can get him to fall backward. Okay, kick the platform. You want to kick huh. the platform? 
Okay, so can I free action grab his robe and then action surge kick the platform he's on? Yep. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, make a, an athletics check, please. I forgot I have advantage. One moment. Okay, no worries. No rush. Well, that may only be on melee weapon attack, so I'm not sure about a non-weapon. This is a skill check, not a weapon attack. So it okay. wouldn't have advantage, so no to my advantage. understanding. Yeah. Okay, so 12. Yeah. 12. Okay, so you go to kick it. You, put, you hold on to this thing, you go to kick it, and it's like, it, this is being magically upheld, and your kick was not strong enough for the magical force. You kind of kick it, and it goes... And you're just like, ah, it just didn't feel nice on your leg. But you're in combat mode, so that didn't work on to the next thing. All right. Uh, then I'm going to take my dagger and go for three stabs in his side. Okay. <laughs> Ouch. First one is a, tw- a dirty 20. Okay. It's a hit. Right, hold on, I get to add some extra damage. I forgot about the cold damage that the hand adds, so I gotta pull up. Uh, where are you? There we are. Okay. So this one is going to be 15 damage. Okay. Seven of it is cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Do you want to... Um... Yeah, okay, go ahead and make the next attack. There's three of them. I don't know what the correct procedure is for efficiency. Just, but I'll take I'll take your damage notes down, and at the end of the run, I'll I'll let you know. Okay, cool. Uh, next one is a 19, a dirty 19, so it's not a crit. Okay, it's a miss. All right. And as you try to swipe it, he sort of turns into a blur, and like you're the first time it hits him, and then the second time he's just like sort of. Moves through them, like, strangely. Okay, a 22 for this next one. All right, that's a hit. Nineteen damage. Okay, and some of that's cold, I imagine? Yes, sorry, nine of it is cold damage. Perfect. All right, so... So you you, you sort of... You're going after his his legs, you stab in the knife, like, you know that... What do they call that? The back of your foot? I imagine that's what's going on. That like that Achilles tendon. tendon. Yeah, Achilles tendon. Um, so you step once, and he goes, "Oh, oh, oh boy, how?" Oh! Is he's on top of the thing? He's like, ah! And um, so he's still, you know, it's not his turn yet, so he can't move. So you just you hit him twice with it, and he definitely reacts to that very uh, poorly. Um, so I will like that. Uh, anything else to do with your turn? Uh, keep holding on to the rope, and that's it. All right, you have a grip on his robe. Perfect. All right. Uh, next up, it's Amantha Lodar. And Amantha Lodar rises from his wheelchair, like Nash, and also floats in the air along with Nash. And his wheelchair um, turns into vines. And as he rises, the vines envelop him in this vine armor as he just becomes fully covered in vine armor. And he, sa- and he speaks out in this loud authoritarian voice that he's able to boom out. And he says... You have trespassed upon Elhendar Station. Prepare for our defenses. All very stalwart and you know wholesome like. And and um, as he does this, he performs a lair action because this is his lair. 
and you didn't really notice it, but on in four corners of the sphere, you know, there were vines and trees moving, like, sort of along the sides. And in each corner of the room, the trees, like, go... And then, like, the roots come out like a big foot, and you hear... Just four huge trees begin animating and go... And there are now also four giant trees participating in the fight. I'll roll the initiative. Okay. And then um, what he does as well is he casts two walls of wind behind him. So he and after he summons the trees with his lair action, he brings up his hands and goes, And then these two walls from behind raise up so that you're not flanked from behind with like ranged attacks. So he's got this canopy that's kind of just basically um, protecting your back from ranged attacks. And so that you're dealing with Henatar and they could run around the canopy and face you, but there's a canopy behind them. That's his turn. It's a canopy behind you guys to the ground. Nash, you're up in the air so people can take shots at you. Um, uh, next up is Diantalis. And uh, Scott, you're going to need to mark this because I've been, there's a, there's a swear coming. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and he goes, you guys are so and, and then he he he, he, he runs he, he just goes with his, 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 his scythe appears in his hand and he glides like like he's skating on the surface of this place he glides up and there's this like big sort of goliath guy that's like getting up and sort of brushing himself off and he goes huh? and then Dientalus arcs under the ground whoosh, and brings the scythe up right to his nutsack and stops and then goes, <laughs> and then he brings it up just an inch, and then a little ghost dong floats out from his pants, and then the Goliath goes, and he dies, and then Diantelus goes, ah, die! And then he moves and he does his attack, and he starts sweeping his scythe through the through the guys you failed, Stanley, reaping them and calling them, and as he does it. It doesn't cause any physical damage, but as he moves his scythe through, their souls sort of bubble up and turn, and they're, they're all going, and they're all like, oh no, and they're all like fighting for their life as the ghosts are just like, my unfinished business. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the way you die when your ghost is upset, I have unfinished business. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all floating up, and so now he's sort of he's going uh, around the periphery, and he's starting to like reap, right? All right, Nash, you're up. Okay, how many foes can I see from where I am? If you all 100. Okay, I'd like to. Many uh, of them are dying to Dientalus now, and John, Stanley and Dientalus have com are comboing quite <clears throat> effectively. The the crowd. The first time I'm going to be using chain lightning, um, and I'm using it at sixth level. Here's how that should work. I will create a bolt of lightning, very, very frightening, that arcs toward a target of your choice that I can see within range. Three bolts then leap from that target to as many as three other targets, each of whom must be within 30 feet of the first target. A target can be a creature or an object, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's see. A target must take or make it a dexterity saving throw. Target takes 10d8 lightning damage on a failed save mm -hmm. or half as much damage on a successful one so i still get half damage at higher levels uh let's see 
Uh, when you cast a spell using a seventh or a spell slot of seventh level, it won't matter because I'm at sixth. Okay, so I'm gonna cast okay. it at the first dude I see. They're all super crammed in there, so spread should be pretty good. Okay, perfect. And how many? Sorry, I, I might have missed that part. How many times does it bounce? Let's see. Target is creature. Uh, target must make the dexterity of the. Or, okay, sorry. <clears throat> Within range. Is it, sorry, is bolts. it chain lightning or lightning bolt? Sorry, so it's chain so chain lightning. Okay, so it should chain then. Yeah, it does chain, um, but I'm wondering how infinitely it chains. Uh, okay. Other targets, each of which must be within 30 feet of the first target. <clears throat> so in theory, anybody within 30 feet of each other in that I room. I believe there's a limit. It's not written know. here if there is. You create a bolt of lightning that arcs towards a target of your choice. You see three bolts, then, three bolts, then leap to th- from that target to as many as three other targets. So you have one that forks into three. Mm-hmm. A target can be a creature object and can be targeted by only one of the bolts. Okay, so it hits four targets, essentially. Oh, is that and all you get the out higher level spell slots gives you additional forks. Oh, maybe yeah. that's something. But the, the trade-off is that it's a 8d10. It's a lot of damage for yeah, what yeah, level yeah. spell is it? Six level? level well, six, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't make that comment. But Well, let's do um, it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I haven't used it yet. I want to try it. All right, let's do it. So, so I'm making a deck 16 saving throw, it says on your sheet. Yeah. Right? Fail. Pass. So the first one failed, so okay. that's good. Okay. The second one, the uh, third one failed, and fourth one passed. So it's just half damage, though, right? So right. Roll, so your, eight, roll your 8 d 10. All yeah. right, here we go. 8 d 10. 42 points of damage. Okay, perfect. So you're going to kill all four of the targets. Uh, they're just, you know, one's a rogue, one's like a, a wizardy looking guy. They just teleported in. Uh, do you want to describe like how you murder them floating above and shooting Palpatine lightning at them and killing them? I'll say, uh, I'll get up there and I'll go, um, I'll, I'll just get, like, pull the thunder out of the sky, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll say, uh, here I float above your heads. May all these vaults put you to bed. And that's it. And then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now you're up there and you're just like. And you fry them and like their, their bodies become charred and black. And then they smoke as you just turn them into ash with your mad lightning power. Nice. Four down, 96 to go. All right. Anything else you'd like to do on your turn? Um. No, that's it for me, and I will stay at that. Uh, you said something earlier that made me nervous. How exposed am I to like people now? Oh yeah, you're not behind the canopy. You could float down behind the canopy, and then you when, when they get up and start shooting, if they get up behind you, uh, you're super exposed in the air. You're not behind the canopy. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna get behind there. Okay, because the reason I rose up in the you. first place is now done, so I want to go back yeah. to high. There's a, it's like a wall of wind, so it just looks like this, like you know, wind blowing from the surface up, and and nothing can pass through it. Okay. Um. All right. Perfect. So, uh, you you go behind the wall wall of wind, and next up it's Henatar Grape, and he looks down at Varel, and he goes, and he looks at he looks he takes a quick look, and he goes, "We'll have to settle this another time," and then he whoosh, bamps out of there. And the disc drops to the ground. It's just a hunk of metal. It just goes bang, 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 bang on there. And um, sort of out of the corner of your eye, you see that the castle is slowly moving its position. And 
in various parts of the windows where like catapults might be or cannons of some kind. Everything's there's like eight different locations that are starting to glow really intense blue as if it's warming up for a big shot towards this room from the castle. Um, next is the 99. Most of them spend their time getting up and they're all fleeing in terror from Tyatalas who like like there's a whole pile of they're just like oh shit and they're they're just running and they're like <laughs> they're just stuck and they're running they're sort of just shooting at him and the bullets are kind of just like whoo, going through his ethereal form moving around him uh it, bullets and knives and swings and and Dianetalis is kind of reaping them um the ones that are near you a few of them run around and begin taking uh, rain shots uh, there's two archers in the crew they're going to shoot at Hope and Varel I believe, Varel, you take all the hits due to I have Grosjil. Is that right? Correct. I magnetize them to me. Okay, so they're firing three arrows apiece. Uh, remind me of your AC, please. 18. Okay. Uh, three of the six arrows uh, hit you um, for piercing damage. Okay, they're going to... Each arrow is, we're going to say... 12 damage each, 12 piercing damage each. So 26? 12, 24, 36. 36. 36 total, but you have, I, I imagine you have reductions. I, th- I think. I think you have nope, resistance I'm not. to range. He's not. Oh, wait, 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 yeah, yeah. Gra- I have Grosjean gives me resistance Grosjean to range. Grosjean gives you range attacks, yeah. Perfect. Yes. All right, and then a swarm of these heroes on that side um, who, who have melee, so that you got these rogue types and these warrior types. Uh, maybe a dozen in total run up to both hope and Vorel, and they surround you and they make their attacks upon you. All right. Um, I'm going to do these rolls more efficiently by rolling multiple dice at the same time. You each have six incoming attacks. Okay. Hope you are hit with three and you are going to take a total of and take a total of uh, from the three hits um, 47 damage as they come up like one, ha- one guy has it like a, a bow like a, a big stick and just whacks you on the head and there's another guy with daggers and he's like and then and as you sort of reel it back the guy behind you then like takes the sword and just like right in the back with the flat of the sword and just like pows you um, all right, and for Varel, uh, that's two hits. Uh, AC again? Sorry, Varel, I, I just don't have it up. 18. 18? Okay. That's all right. So <laughs> you're also surrounded by six foes, and they also take turns like hitting you with their sword, stabbing you. They hit scale, nothing goes in, sparks fly off of your scale. One of them gets underneath and provides you with a cut, uh, slashing damage of 13. And um, that's that's about it. The rest of them are hitting you, and they're like, they're, they're desperately trying to hit you. They're just like, and you're just like, ah, you know, like it's not doing anything. That brings us to Varel's turn. All right. I would like to save us an email and say that flanking is an optional rule and not rules as written. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the- and funny that it's never come up because... I hope has been ranged for a very long time. Uh, I played 4E. Flanking is like a normal thing. So Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't yeah. Right. Like, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. I use I use minion HP also, and that's not a 5E thing. So, so All good. I'm surrounded. The disc has landed on the ground, though, right? Yeah. It looks like I would, a benign hunk of metal, but... 
if you're interested in it, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is but I'm I would incur opportunity attacks approaching it because I'm surrounded now. Uh, yeah, you're surrounded. So I mean, okay. it, it it would be like in the movies, you know, where there's a big fight happening, and then Varel, you're on the ground, and they still still think they're fighting you, but you stuck off to get the disc. <laughs> not very Varelli. We can try that, but yeah, it's not on brand for sure. No, 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 no. Okay, I'll I'll save that idea for later. Uh, yeah. I will uh, enter my rage, mm-hmm. do a flame burst to those around me, which may include include hope. It's cool. I got uh, resistance to fire. Cool. So two damage to Hope and four to everyone in a ten foot aura around me. Okay, perfect. Sorry, uh, flame burst, right? Okay. Yep. So you flame burst them uh, for three. Okay. Four. Perfect. Oh, four. Sorry. Uh, listening, it's important. I've been <laughs> um, three okay. for a long time. I leveled. It's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay. So you, you flame burst, and they all they all all their clothes are like slightly lit and charred, like. One guy's mustache kind of singes off. <laughs> he touches it. <laughs> this one particular rogue is more concerned about the loss of his mustache in the fight. You see him react like, oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Um, perfect. Uh, and my actions. Oh, actions, please. I, I wish to do my four attacks uh, rampaging until whoever lives and dies and okay. going on to the next target. Let Make your attacks. Right? It feels like it's been so long since we fought. I get four attacks. <laughs> I'm at three uh, attacks. No. Our, oh, in action, two attacks. Yes, you're right. You're right. You right, get right. two attacks. It's haste that gives you four attacks. That's right. Ah, uh, that good old thing. Okay. I will make two attacks. Okay. The first attack is a 26. Okay. That sounds like a hit. <laughs> Seems excessive, but okay. Which will deal nine, 14, 17 points of damage to the first target. Fire damage. Perfect. All right. Describe your killing blow. There, there's a, there's um, it's, it's a warrior. He's got like the He-Man like cross strap on. It's, it's, it's like a, like a half orc looking guy with like pointy ears and green skin, two axes. And he's like, ah, and you're going to kill this guy. Right, I've got my flaming sword. I just skewer it right through that metal ring that goes right in the center of the He-Man outfit. Perfect. It fires off. And And with that... With that in him, I'm going to ring the flame blade up through his face and down on the next opponent. Okay. Make your roll. I will. A 26. 26. Okay, it's a hit. Hook him up with 15... Eight, eight, high <laughs> uh, 18 points of fire damage. 18 points of fire damage. Okay, perfect. So describe the killing blow. This one's, uh, there's a, like, like this dro kind of rogue behind you. He's got like, uh, is it drow or dro? I, I always feel, feel like I'm mispronouncing it. Drow, um, but he's... <clears throat> I never say it out loud. Um, so, anyways, he's he's got like a bastard sword, and he's like he, he was the one trying to hit you with it. And so, describe your killing blow on this guy. Awesome. Well, if I may, then as I bring this blade arcing up around him, since it is a incorporeal flame blade, I would like him to block, but the blade goes right through it into his face. Perfect. Yeah. And then there's this sort of line that's through his body, and then it sort of goes and splits in half, and then all of his insides come 
shoveling out like pudding and bones and everything and <laughs> it, it's just two sides of his skin husk fall to the side actually they fall on the, the, his other dudes like the other people pounding on you they're like oh shit <laughs> like it's pretty intense how much carnage uh, how much um what do they call it viscera is is sliding out into a pile of human uh puddle you've you've successfully <laughs> cut him in half <laughs> all awesome. right Any, anything else you'd like to do with your turn am i still surrounded uh, you are still surrounded by four okay. more, and they're like they're running from Diantalus around. So Diantalus is chasing them around in the circle, killing them, and they're running around to the canopy where you are because they'd rather face you. So you, the first wave of them have come. More will be on the way. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. So that brings us to the right. end of. All right. That brings us to the end of the first round. I think we should take a break because I'm not done ruining your guys' day right now. Uh, so let's take a breather, and <laughs> when we come back, we're going to do more. All right? That's a great idea. Let's do it. You guys good? Yeah. yeah. We'll right. be right back, everybody. Come on back. Don't go too far. Give us, uh, eh, we usually go eight minutes or something. Something like that, and we'll be back. <laughs> Stay tuned. It is. All right. Stage two. Take yes. it away, uh, where the hell we were. So before the break, I said we had the end of the round, but we actually have a few more items to clean up on this round that I had forgotten about, which was the giant trees begin moving uh, towards the... So, like, Diantalus is chasing them around one side of the wall of wind, the canopy of wind, and he's slicing them, and they're running in another direction. Meanwhile, as they're running, the trees gain sentience, and one of them just takes their big rooty foot and squashes one... And another one takes a big branchy fist, and just goes right on a right on a, a being's head, and crushes it into a flat pancake, and goes splat, blood and bones splatting out everywhere. And um, and then uh, you know the other tree just takes a big branch and just goes and just knocks them all down off their feet. And then another tree's there, and they're just like reacting to these trees, and they're like one of them runs up and hits it, and it's just like right into the bark, and does absolutely dick all, and it's like. And um, and uh, so the trees attack and are, are, uh, the carnage ensues. Uh, during this chaos, uh, more enemies are teleported in. Eight ogres, just giant. They go, what may hit? What may hit? Oh, and the room starts filling with shouting. Oh, 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 as ogres fill into the room and begin, uh, they're just getting their bearings at this point. Um, as well. Okay. Hope, it's your turn. Oh, one more, one more cleanup, one more cleanup. The seeds that you eaten take effect and they grant you, um, this, like, time begins to slow down. As you look around, everything begins to move slower and there's a bit of tracers on them. And you gain the effects, each of you, of the haste spell. Oh, no way I was going to do that next. That's great. My God. I can see everything. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, Hope, you are now hasted thanks to the the berry that you ate last episode. means you get plus two to your AC. Just maybe write it on notepad so you remember. Plus two to your AC and um, advantage on deck saving throws, and you get an additional action. Uh, It can only be used to attack, dash, disengage, hide, or use an object. There is a rule about only one spells per turn, so spellcasters, you don't get an extra spellcast per turn uh, as a result. But you are hasted. Oh, cool. 
Awesome. All right. So Hasted, Hope's eyes are going to gleam a little. Now, are her and Varel surrounded by 12 people total or six on Varel? Uh, pardon me. Six people total or six for Varel, six for Hope? Six for Hope or six for Hope? Hang on. Didn't you take some out too? I, I'm, Varel that took chaotic. two out. What I would say guys. is that you had six amongst you. I think Varel had four. I think you took two out as well so you're still surrounded but more are running so as soon as their turns up you're gonna have another dozen around like there's a big scrum heading your way of just chaotic fighting everyone's desperate for survival because you can tell by the reactions of the hundred mercenaries that warped in they got way worse of a fight than they bargained for and everyone's in super survival mode right now um so yeah so there's plenty of targets for you to hit (laughs) all right perfect uh, well, then Hope is going to start mowing down the enemies in front of her. As Okay, so here's what's going to happen. She's going to be stabbing at people with her attacks, but slowly moving backwards so she can get her back to Varel okay. and cut out any middlemen. Okay. Uh, your idea of slows a little off. It's quite fast, but yes, because <laughs> you're hasty. <laughs> you're like, I'm moving slow. Normal speed. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you, which, you're moving away from Varel or towards Varel? Sorry, toward Varel. Okay, kind of like a back to each other kind of deal. Exactly, exactly. Okay, perfect. All right, you find your, uh, you find you make your, you find a, an opening through, and you put your back up to Varel successfully. Cool. This first roll, oh, I get two, so that means I get six attacks. I'm super excited. So this first one, I rolled a 19, which is a nat right. for me keep- as a fighter. It's a natural. Okay, so you got a natural just to keep things efficient, and because this is a chaotic battle, um, we're gonna skip rolling the damage dice for this. Just go ahead and roll your sixty twenties and give me your give me your scores. Okay, so this first one is a thirty total, but being a nineteen as a fighter with that uh, thing I took, it's yeah. a natural twenty basically. Okay, yeah, it's a your champion uh, feature. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, next one is a twenty three. Mm-hmm. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. Twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the last one. Uh, Twenty-six. Yeah, it is. I've, I've been writing them down. Sorry, was this with your uh, revolver or with your uh, machete weapon? The dagger. The dagger. Okay. So you're, you're stabbing like that. Okay. So do you want to describe the dance? You're going to kill five of the six, including the crit. Do you want to des- describe your blade dance as you kill the oncoming mercenaries? Uh, Yeah. She's going to be going for the throat because she wants to be as efficient as possible. So she's going to go in with one, pull it out, slash a few behind her. And then a few okay. more stabs. All right. So it looks like you're like, and, just, and the bodies just drop, like five bodies drop as you, you make your, your knife attacks on five different targets. And bodies are just dropping all around you. And like these streaks of blood are flying out everywhere. Okay. Um, that Okay. What else? Six attacks. Anything else you'd like to do? Uh, no, just stay next to Varel and hold the line. All right. Stanley, you're up. Uh, Stanley's going to look around and see the decimation around him and people still focusing on Hope and Varel and just man, nobody acknowledges the true danger ever. 
kaboom and do it again. Destructive oh, wave shit. to all enemies. Okay, perfect. Uh, all right, I got to roll for the 99. Well, I don't know how. Constitution 17 saving throw. Brutal. All right, these rolls are favorable for you. Okay, roll your. Uh, you don't need to roll your damage dice on this one. Your destructive wave blows out, and nearly the entire um, uh, the entire bulk of the first wave of enemies flies up out of the air from the wave of uh, from the destructive wave <laughs> from the energy of the wave, and they hit the walls. And they just smash most of them, their back snap, including the ones around you, Varel. It just clears a path so you can see visually. They're no longer in a scrum of bodies, and all, all like dozens and dozens of bodies all hit the wall uh, from the second wave of force. I'm rolling for the ogres now. All right, and the ogres kind of go, ooh, and they. they they shake it off and they don't fall on their feet and they just get angry and they're like, ooh, 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 and they're just like, they're super upset now. Do you need to know the damage for them? No. They didn't take any damage? No, they're taking damage. We're just moving efficiently here. Oh, okay. We're, we're rolling got, all day to do damage dice on. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I meant for the ogres that were still alive, but. Yes, yes. Okay. My, me as well. Uh, and then. I don't know. Stanley's hasted. So we're down to just ogres at this point. Uh, you're down to just ogres and a few, like there's a few dudes on the ground crawling. Like, <laughs> like <there's a> <laughs> you picture that scene in kill bill where people are walking around. There's definitely still living the uh, dudes that are just like trying to get away and barely alive. All right. Hasted Stanley's just going to draw diplomacy, charge an ogre and give it a stabby stab. Okay, perfect. Cause why, why not? Make your attack uh, 26, roll. 26 to hit. All right. Give me and give me a damage dice on this one, please. Okay. Uh, would be 12 piercing damage. Okay. Perfect. Uh, anywhere in particular you were targeting? Um, no, just the soft fleshy bits of the ogre. Okay. Uh, like the stomach. Yeah. Okay. Seems good. And, and you're doing a melee attack or was this a dancing blade attack? Nope, melee attack. Melee attack. Okay, so you walk up to it and you just go like violently. You go and put it in, and the ogre looks down and goes Ugh. Ugh, and looks back at you, super pissed. His <laughs> head is way above you, and it just like didn't have the devastating effect. It may. It's very. You pierced his flesh, so it's bad for him. But this is an ogre, and he seems to uh, not be reacting in a way that he's very concerned about it. Anything else you'd like to do? Nope, that's it. Perfect. Okay. Uh, now it's uh, Amantha Lodar. Amantha Lodar um, turns uh, away from the battle and turns towards the castle that's lighting up, and he begins to cast more magic. The wall of wind drops, and then he he creates this barrier up in front of the window in preparation. He looks like he's going to catch whatever's coming for the room. Okay. Um, Diantalus continues. Uh, Diantalus moves around and then he looks at you, Stanley. And he says, You kind of save some for me. And then he moves to the nearest ogre and he swings at the ogre. Whoosh, and he, he swings once, twice, and three times on one ogre. 
and the ogre just looks and laughs, <laughs> but then his spirit rises up behind him and then goes, no! <laughs> well, the, the ogre is like, <laughs> and I it falls over. <laughs> <laughs> the ogre falls over. Um, Nash, uh, you are up. Okay. <clears throat> Can I ask you a technical question I don't know the answer to? Mm-hmm. Can Nash, or sorry, can hastes stack or no? Like we've got this natural, we got this uh, berry based haste happening. If I haste, I don't know what the rules uh, was written are, but uh, I don't see why not. If two people haste a target, I don't think it's like, you know, you only get one buff. I think you're putting that guy on turbo crack. So let's do it. All right. Well, I'm putting (laughs) uh, Pharrell on turbo crack. Uh, okay. I'm going to cast, <laughs> gonna cast uh, haste on him, assuming he's willing to take double haste. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is he within thirty feet of me? He is right. I don't need. Yeah, to sure. Okay. You can you can move. Like we're we're doing theater of the mind stuff. So you move into position. You cast a spell. All right, I'll go. Hey, Varel, have a taste. It's time for a little bit more of the haste and and <laughs> fire it at him. All right. <laughs> Uh, Varel's body begins like <laughs> like you're you're kind of shaking uncontrollably, but you're in control. But you just don't look great to the outside world. Uh, <laughs> you ha- you have another action because uh, you're hasted as well, Scott. Yeah. So how? Hmm. Hold on. How how? How many, what's the, tell me the lay of the land in terms of like the crowd. Crowd of bad guys, how dense is it? A crowd of bad guys uh, with the second destructive wave, it's it's the kill, it's kill bill. So like they're all just lying on the ground like, like the, the few that are left alive are just like barely alive. There are seven ogres remaining. I can't remember if I summoned eight or six. Okay. Someone six. So there, there's five ogres remaining. Stanley has is attacking one. He's standing there with his sword in, in the belly of it while while the ogre looks down at him. And um, <laughs> and there there are four other ones that are um, just still summoned in and waiting their first turn. Okay. In that case, uh, in the scrum of those who are all sort of trying to get their bearings and have been you know blasted by by this, mm-hmm. I am going to place stinking cloud over them which will cover 20 a 20 foot radius of those people okay um it's a big yellow disgusting cloud it lingers in the air for the for the duration of the thing um okay here i'm gonna give you um heavily obscured as well okay right uh, let's see. How does this work? You heavily Consta- the, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Concentration for up to a minute. Each creature is completely that is com- that is completely within the cloud at the start of its turn must make a constitution oh, saving. Throw. I gotta stop. I gotta stop you. Uh, I mentioned at the start of combat, the haste uh, with the rules with haste. You can't. You can only. You can't cast two spells a turn. There's a one spell limit per turn. Oh, you so just haste and sinking cloud is two right. spells. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Right. I was really into it, but. No, and okay. uh, chat room's bringing up that it's not rules is written to do double haste, but they're not two spells. It's actually an item that gives the buff and a spell. So yeah, we're not. I can, stacking I can actually spells. argue that it's raw. So, um, anyways, you'll have to pick a different action. Now. Okay, in that case, uh, 
Uh, I'm gonna sit tight and hide behind the thing. Still, I'm not done. Well, you got an action. You can do anything you want. Yeah, but what, like what? Like uh, I can't do any spells. What, what about is... you have staff? You want to throw your dildo umbrella dong at somebody? <laughs> you want to you want to float up to the ceiling with the umbrella dong? Just like any. Is anyone? It's within... your moment, man. It's your spotlight. <laughs> is anyone within any kind of? Uh... Let's see. What's the? Is anyone within? What's the closest dude to me? Give me a range. There's an ogre uh, right. Uh, you're still floating, so he's directly to your right, about ten feet away. I'm gonna go give him a steel-toed boot se- uh, kick with a secret spike in it. Okay. It's a melee attack. I get a plus right. five to hit. So hold All on. Right. Why not? Oh, that's from that's from your um, fe- nuts phenom days. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I never get to use these. My name is Nuts Phenom on account of my phenomenal nuts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Plus five, did I say? I did. Two, three, four, five. All right, that's a 19 to hit. Uh-huh. Oh, so close. Oh, serious? It doesn't no, no, hit. No, two crit. Two, no, two, it hits. It's just Oh, you were, crit, okay, I mean. yeah. It wouldn't yeah, have been yeah. natural 20. Wow, the rage. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> Scared me. Curious. I'm like, this guy is higher than 19 freaking AC. All right, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna go ahead and do that, and that's gonna give me. All right. Where do you where you kicking kicking him in the testicle region, where his testicles okay, are? Okay, perfect. Where his balls are. All right, roll your um, roll your spike. Oh, with the spiked boot. Yeah, Shit. spiked boot. Right. All right, roll damage. I got one d four plus one, and it is a. What kind of damage is it? Hold on. Oh, piercing. Okay. That makes sense. All right, here we go. So for piercing damage, 1d8. Nope, 1d4. Plus what did I say? Plus one. Okay, take your time, man. Ah, <laughs> I know, I know I'm a, manic and rushed. It's rush, just a two. It sucks. It's a two. Okay, but you successfully target the nuts. <laughs> and so you, you float over. You float up, and so your foot is like at perfect level. And you go, hi! But what do you yell? Do you yell anything? Uh, what does that do? <laughs> I don't have to rhyme for non-spells, so let's see. Well, you can just go hi yeah, or so just what is what? There's got to be a sound. This is effort, right? Yeah, I'll just go Arr! and kick him in the neck. <laughs> okay, you go. <laughs> <laughs> you make that yell, and then you successfully land the boot with the blade into the pants that he's wearing, and you he- you feel a crunchy, soft sound and a flesh, you know, giving way to the blade, and no. And the, the crotch immediately becomes wet. And he goes, oh, no. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. <laughs> Quite the understatement. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> Perfect. All right. That's great. You successfully uh, pierced his nuts. So Sweet. anything else you'd like to do with your turn? No. Oh, that's, I'm good. Unless I can move again. Right. Can I move again? Yeah, you can move. I don't think you move much. Well, I... I just want to like maintain some cover because I can't see it. I don't mm-hmm. know what's really there, but I'll go back to. Well, there's no more canopy in the room. Okay, so that's all gone. Yeah, uh, the high elf Amanthalodar is now creating a wall of force outside the dome because there's that floating castle charging up a whole bunch of beams, and he's sort of preparing this like m- magical membrane of blue that you can kind of see. Okay. So he's he's focused on the the castles. All right, I will. I will. St- I'm going to stay put. I'm 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 good. I'll be all right. Okay, perfect. Um, that brings us to uh, Hinatar Grape. And the the castle charges up, and immediately eight glowing balls of energy just go 
and they hit the ship and you feel it shake star trek camera shake style everyone's like Whoa! ogres and everyone no need to do constitution constitution saving throw the room still appears to be quite stable for how violently the space station's getting hit and with these hits there's definitely the worst of the rocking. A few of them are moving towards your area and they hit the membrane. And Amanda Lodar goes, and he pushes the, 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 the balls of energy, the giant balls of energy back out. And they go, and they hit uh, pockets of the airships and go, and he reflects them back. This was all this firework and explosion outside the room. Um, all right, those guys are pretty much done. Some of the uh, w- hope uh, next to you, there, there's a there's like this strange looking creature, green and, and, and with brown sort of scar, not scarring, but like features of whatever race he is. And he moves up with a you know clawed hand. He goes, "Mercy!" as he moves up to you and grabs your pant leg. Pharrell, it is your turn. <laughs> And Varel is humming not only with with blue and orange energy, like this is vibrating coming off of him, and there's like this aura of like coming off of you. <laughs> He's turned into the Flash. <laughs> I am speed, <laughs> and I run at the ogre, targeting Stanley. Okay. All right, you make it there in zero point zero zero two five six milliseconds. <laughs> Excellent. I I unleash attacks upon him. All right, uh, you get uh, two attack actions, which is four attack or six attacks, right? You get you double hasted you. You get six I, attacks. I looked it up. Uh, you only get one attack per extra action in the. Oh, that's right. Spell. That's right. Oh. Yeah. So again, I to counter any emails that. we're gonna get, I did yeah, look it up. Yeah. Okay, so um, I have four attacks. Oh wait a second, hang on. Because uh, my thing is like, as a shorthand, like you're not literally affected by the haste spell twice. You're under the effects of the barrier, which provides the benefits of it. So, um, you can't take the attack action more than one turn. Or it's the you, extra you attacks. You can take you the do. attack action, but you only get one attack per those extra attack actions. Right, gotcha. Yeah, so one of them you okay. can multi... Well, you can use it... You can get the extra attacks one time, but not for the subsequent hits. That's right. Okay, we made a mistake, but this is a fun, chaotic fight. Who cares? So, um, go ahead, Varel. That would mean it would be four attacks, not six. Perfect. I will unleash my first attack, which is a 23. Right, you want me to roll, roll damage? Roll, roll them all. Just roll all them right. all. Second attack is a 14. Mm-hmm. Third attack is a 27. And the fourth and final attack is a 18. All right. Describe how you slaughter this <laughs> this thing with your four super speed attacks. Stanley's still got his knife in the, or his rapier in the, in the belly while you do this. Oh, man. Okay. So if he has, uh, and I did four attacks. Okay. All right. So I, uh, he's got the he's got the blade in the belly. I run up behind him and just triangle with the first three, zoo 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 zoo, and then stab through the middle, causing an explosion of viscera into Stanley's face. 
<laughs> okay. And then when he opens his eyes, he sees you in the place of the of the ogre, exactly. right? <laughs> in the hole, yeah. He sees you in the hole. Great. <laughs> There's a hole in the... And he's, he's probably something crazy, like, yeah. All right, perfect. Anything else you like to do with your turn? Uh, no need to flame burst. I'm good. All right, excellent. So as you do this, the trees move towards the ogres this time, and they begin pummeling them. This time it's a little different than the little squishies. One of the trees attempts to punch the ogre, and the ogre just doesn't move. It just goes <laughs> like that. It's just crazy. It was squishing the other guys, and it's just going like this as the trees attempt to punch them. They go, huh? and finally the ogres begin to make their attacks. Um, the one, the three of them move to, uh, are engaged by the trees, and they move, and they start ripping their branches off. It's going just tearing the trees up. It's like, oh, like one of them pulls the branch right out. And they fight back and they punch the tree and all the bark comes flying up as they're fighting the trees. Nash, you did provoke one of the ogres with your nuts uh, kick. And that ogre attempts to reach out and goes, come here, stupid bug. And he tries to grab your leg. <laughs> We're doing a grapple contest. I'm going to uh, react with shield which is one of my okay. reactions I always forget to do. <clears throat> Excellent. Um, All right. So, we're having a grapple contest, so you can use athletics or acrobatics to dodge the grapple. Right. So He'll I, be doing strength. I have a plus five to AC. He, he looks very strong. So this is a strength. I need to roll. A, a strength or dex. You can do athletics or okay. acrobatics as your contested role versus okay. the ogre who's trying to grab your leg. Okay. That's going to be... this thing doing a 22 all right just as this giant ham hand is about to close on your entire leg you just go and and dodge out of the hand he goes no and as he tries to grab you all right um with that all said we're now at the end of the second round and another 100 mercenaries are teleported in. And they begin They begin moving in as the assault continues. As this happens, the space station that then goes... And it begins lurching and descending rapidly towards the Earth. Amanta Lodar turns from, from the... Uh, from his defense of, of the... of his of this room to turn around and shout out Elves of Elhandar the station is overrun by forces that we were not prepared to defend against it's time to abandon ship and the lights go on and Amantha Lodar turns to you Stanley in the chaos of all the fighting and he says you can't die here you must go Take your family, return to the chalet of your father. You'll be safe there. Are you sure? Your father has many secrets. I'm certain of this one. All right. We get everyone out. Perfect. So, um, uh, so do you... uh, 
you guys can discuss this. Sorry, he's he's telling you to, he's telling you to leave, and the, the 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 vine door to the room opens up, and you you can see uh, Nash through the door, Angela Ashley holding all four of the kids in the two things, and Bok Bok and Squirts are there, like like just everyone's like bouncing around. Liriel's there; they're all like holding on, like frightened. And uh, Amantha Lodar has asked you to go back to the to the villa because that's the safest place. I'll, I mean, I'll, uh, with or without the group's approval, I will take that as, at its word and go head her direction. Okay, perfect. Uh, Varel, um, hope, decisions. Damn. And the space station is falling <laughs> towards Earth right now. So it's also like Earth is rushing up. And just... I hope space is one of shame and embarrassment. But she'll head toward Stanley with the intention of all of them leaving together. Perfect. Wait, our spaceship is heading towards Earth? The space station is falling towards Earth, yes. Uh, how long does it take to cast the teleport, Nash? I do. I know that. A minute. Is I it? Think. Hold on. Because yeah, it's a minute. Now once now we're back to the heart being buried, mattering again. Because if the whole spaceship crashes, we gotta oh, just yeah. the heart. Just as a, I'm just gonna sort of um, give you this now, so it's not surprise later after we have this. The place is shaking and vibrating a bunch. It, to be able to draw your sigils properly is going to be extra challenging uh, while the whole space station is. Uh, so I'm going to be like comforting. that lady putting on makeup in airplane. Is that what you're telling me? When they're yeah, crashing, yeah, that's exactly there. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and shit. if it's not done properly, the ritual may not work. Um, I'll, I'll convey that to Varel. Uh, I this place needs to. I can't. I can't draw this stuff while we're moving like this. It's like having a, a, a tremor I can't control. There's, it won't work that way. Okay. If it works at all, it could send half a Stanley who knows where. With, with my Fryo vision, I'm going to turn quickly, see Hope looking dismayed, Nash looking dismayed. I'm going to run and grab Nash by the foot since he's hovering and start dragging him through the air. I will come by and sweep up Hope, and I no, will Hope run out of the room. No, Hope heading to Stanley. She's not standing still. Oh, okay. Right. Is it a contest? You, yeah, you, you, read, you don't have to listen to her if you want to take control, but it has to be resolved with a die. If she's not out the room yet, I'm going to grab her and head out. All right, contest. It's a grapple contest. Oh, why am I rolling? I'm not involved. <laughs> <laughs> I, ro- I, I rolled a natural 22. It's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, hey, let's do this. Roll I'm time. excited. <laughs> 13. I got a 15. All right. You're pissed, but he's grabbed you. And this t- he's turbo grabbed you. So you just all of a sudden you're going. Whoa. Everybody, let's go. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Stanley, you're first through the or No, you're not first through the door. You're, you're first this whole time. And then Burrell just goes. Whoa. And all your tape and everything goes flying around. And he beats you through the door, and then you run through the door. And um, But before you go through the door, you hear, Stanley! And Dine Talos looks to you, and he says, 
trying not to die. And then he bamps out of there. And then a second after he bamps, an explosion occurs on one of the airships. And that airship flies into another airship. And its chain reaction of explosions is there. And you see a little blue glowing thing jump from ship to ship. <laughs> as he's clearly teleported to the ships and is now like wreaking havoc uh, on, on, on this uh, assault that's happening. Uh, you turn and look at that and you turn back and move to the door and the vines close. And Angela she rushes up to you. Nash, come down here. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? And the room's like all shaking and the, the reception is like, can you take care of them? I have, I have to abandon ship too, but I want to make sure you're okay. Head back to the villa as... Amantha Lodar instructed you. Wait, where are you going? I'm going to abandon ship on one of the, um, the, the evacuation pods that we have. There's no time. Get to the villa. Wait a minute. <laughs> There's no time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will be. I will look confused though, and then say fine, and I'll grab boot and spoon and fork and whoever else is there. Okay. Well, do you want to take all four of them, or are you just going to take two and let Angela actually take two? And the pou- you had pouches for each of them. Oh, um, yeah, we'll split it. We'll split it. I'll, we'll okay. Split Perfect. Up. Okay. Uh, very good. Um, so she uh, leaves out a side door, and the door to the elevator bay that you were in opens up, goes ding, and then the whole place oh, shakes. That you elevator. See, you see, like, space debris. Right. You know, there's a window out into space in the <laughs> elevator, and you see a big space debris fly back, and then two ships and just go, whoo, whoo. Well, we don't have much choice. We got to do the elevator. Yep. Is that, is that, is that, that the only option we have? Making? That's it? Yeah, for now. Wait, what's the elevator made of? Uh, the elevator is made of, you know, metals. Tears and oh, bullshit. Okay. That's what okay. It's made of. If it was glass, I'd break it, but no, we're good. <laughs> yeah, it's made of. There is a glass window showing outer space, though. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so the whole gang that's Bok Bok, Liriel, Squirts, uh, the kids, Angelashi, Chunks. Chunks um, oh, that's Squirts, Chunks, sorry. <clears throat> uh, they run, uh, you guys, you pick them up and run into the elevator. It's super packed. It's clean from the bar from last week, so that's a good thing. And you close the door, and there's a whole bunch of buttons on it. Anyone pushing the. What button are you pushing? Do we remember <laughs> where we were? Is it labeled? Oh, I know you're... this one. Oh. Speaks of Liriel. Oh, right. She hits the correct button. Was somebody who would know this business. Right? <laughs> Liriel moves through, pushes the bottom button, and the, the, it's really fast elevator. I need not all non-elves to make a saving, constitution saving throw, please. What if I was hovering six inches above the ground in the elevator? Okay, you need to make a dexterity saving throw because this top might hit you in the head. Shit. But you have advantage because you're hasted. Yeah. And Varel's holding his foot. Yeah. So nine for hope. Natty 20. Okay, perfect. Uh, 18 for Nash. And I did. All right, hope you're the only one that's failed their throw. (laughs) And Varel's still holding you, so you're like, now you're throwing up. And the barf, because you're going down so low, the barf hits the ceiling and is about to smash um, Nash in the face. Nash, what was your dexterity roll again? 18. 18. Okay, so you see the projectile vomit moving up and you you know, you know go dodge out of the way. <laughs> you float out of the way and it splats on the ceiling behind you as this chaotic elevator goes down. And then as it's moving down really quick, something hits. So you just hear a pew. 
and you hear the sound of wire snapping. <laughs> and then the elevator starts moving into free fall and everyone starts like um, experiencing this crazy rush of of that, that that thing. You're now in free fall and the elevator is going <laughs> flying down. Um, if you let it land, you will all probably die. I look at Stanley. Pull out your feather or whatever it is. Yeah, that affects... Two people? One person? Hold on. Five what? people? How many are we how many do we have? Uh, we have a lot got, more than five. You got four kids. You've got the four party members. You've got Angelashi, Lee. Well the children are equipped, right? They're they're yeah, so the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah. If if someone's floating and they're strapped to them <laughs> it's fine. So they're so, equipped. Um, and technically, uh, Nash and, and Hope are attached to Varel as well. Okay, so we need to hit Varel, mm-hmm. me, yeah. Angelashi, uh, Angelashi. Uh, is Chunks being held? Not currently, but that's just because Bok Bok doesn't really do that kind of thing. Okay, so, so Chunks. There's two kinds of chunks in the elevator. Bok Bok and Lyriel. I've got I've got six. Yeah, we're at six. Uh, Stanley has time. He's hasted. He can pick up. Uh, he can pick up chunks. Okay, perfect. So you pick up chunks, and and that gives you that brings us down to five. Yep, Featherfall the five. Okay, so you cast Featherfall on everyone, and anyone who isn't Featherfall, this should make sense in case someone gets dropped, right? Um, so Nash, two kids, Angelashi, two kids, and uh, Varel. Sorry, sorry for being so slow about this. Varel has Hope and Nash. Okay, perfect. Um, you feather fall and you immediately start falling slowly, but the elevator, of course, is still moving at its speed, and the top hits everyone, and everyone's now pasted to the top of the ceiling and still going at the same speed. We need to get through the top of this. And you said, Bo, you said it was made of metal? It's made of metals, yes. Hmm. Does anyone have a orb or anything like a orb of force or any of that sort of stuff that we could use? Hold on, I'm looking through Liriel's spells. <laughs> I can use spaceship shooting. That's awesome. <laughs> I haven't heard it till now. <laughs> really, really. Oh cool. yeah, we're getting attacked, man. Like a whole Stanley has there. magically done what he can to get out of this situation. To get everybody out of this situation. I can get myself out. But... Yeah, well, it, you, all you gotta do is get rid of the roof. I mean, you have a turbo-hasted Varel who could punch his way through, maybe. Like, it's not... It's not an indestructible ceiling. Oh, so it's not... It, it, it's it's metal, an elevator. But it's, it's metal, okay. but it's not, like... Yeah, it's not... Uh, it can be undone, but with it the, re- require a lot of will. With the force of the falling, could I stand upside down and run my flaming sword around like a cookie cutter and make a giant hole in the ceiling? 
I think that sounds like a fine idea. <laughs> but you, you might you, you might have to step on some of everyone's on the ceiling, so you know it, you'd have to step. It's like playing um Twister. You're gonna have to step in safe spaces to not like hurt anybody. But yes, it's possible. Would you like to do that? And yeah, but that, if they are all kind of pasted there, the trouble would be I'd have to cut through them. So it'd be better to make a small hole that we all crawl through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You could tell them to move to the middle, and they could pile up in the middle. Okay. Cin- yeah. cin- there's enough yeah. room cinematically. Yeah. I'm like, I'm loving this. This is yeah. a great idea. Yeah. So let's. So I will. You know, like I'm. Uh, what was the UFO at the state at the state fair? You know, what I mean, those the spinny rides. Yeah. Yeah. So I will. You know, and and do my squat stand up and yell everyone to the center, and I will dig my sword into the metal frame and just start laboriously walking and carving out a giant hole. Alright, so to complete this feat of uh, action, it's going to be a um, skill challenge. I I say that to everyone in case they have ways to help or benefit Varel in his actions. It's going to take more than one successful roll. So, in order to stand upside down and balance yourself, I'll let you choose either acrobatics or athletics, uh, you know, using either strength of will to stand upside down upright, or um, you know, just athletics to balance yourself. Uh, your choice. I will give him inspiration. Uh, ah, bardic style, right? Yep, you get a d10 for Ooh, the next nice. 10 minutes. So if you have one that goes wrong, d10. Uh, <clears throat> what if I wanted to use Mage Hand? Which I have now, by the way. What if I'd had Mage Hand and I popped that and it acted as a way to, like, steady his, uh, his gate? You know what I mean? Like... Oh, like you're gonna, you're just gonna, like help hold position him, him. Yeah, just I like, think hey, Mage Hand um, does reference how much actual, like what it can do strength wise. Is not meant to be very strong. Ten um, pounds, I believe. Yeah, so you, it'll provide a tiny microscopic bit of help, but you never know. That might be just what it, he needs to just hop over the finish line on this. Well, I, mean, I will get. It, it will confer a plus one to Varel's rolls. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. All right. So and it's invisible or is it visible to Mage Hands, right? Oh, it's visible. And it's, it's visible. Yeah. Okay, it's visible. All right. So a, a weird ghost hand also appears and like where do you put it on Varel? His crotch. It's just gonna go right up in his crotch and hold his crotch. Oh, good. We're, we're being super appropriate. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, so like as you stand, uh, make your roll first. We don't even know if this is gonna work. So uh, it's time for the roll. Uh, you get plus right. one from Nash, oh, oh. and you get oh. Can Hope kind of, like, make little indents with her dagger? She can't pierce it, but could she get the metal going? Okay, maybe, like, trace out something, like, take the knife. You know how you do that with some things where you, you, like, an exacto knife, you mark it first, then you cut? Okay, I got you. Then you start doing that as well. Uh, You don't need to make a roll for this. Uh, Varel, you get an additional plus one to your roll. All right, so I'm up to a plus two. I rolled a... 20, so a 22. Yeah, and you're using your bardic inspiration? I think I can use that uh, after the declaration. You know, uh, clarify with, um, I, I don't remember. I think, Stanley, can you clarify that? He has the D10 for 10 minutes, so he doesn't have to use it. He can use it. No, I know he doesn't have to. I just mean, um, does he have to declare it before the roll, or can he use it after? He can, he can do it after the... He just can't know if it succeeded or failed yet. Okay, so only, I can't... He has to use it before you tell him. Gotcha. All right, so you know your roll is 22. Um, you know, uh, you have a sense that you, this is a difficult feat. 
Yeah, a very I'll, difficult I'll, feat. The Varel's not one to hold on but, to his but resources. You're, at this time, wait a second. At this time, you're just trying to stand upright. So, um, I'm going to encourage you not to do it because that's okay. succeed. I, I was confusing my two rolls and I made a thing out of it. So, um, you actually stand upright, upside down. The mage hand steadies your crotch, and while you do that, Varel. <laughs> so, you also don't get the plus one yet from Hope because she's actually. That's what confused me. You're scoring the the ceiling, so it doesn't help him stand up, right? So. But with a 21, still good. Uh, you stand upside down. So everyone's pasted to the... Their feather fall and they're pasted to the ceiling being pushed down. And you're standing upside down. Hope is scoring this. Uh, you're, Stanley, speaking magic words of inspiration to to Pharrell uh, and Nash. Um, your hand is on his crotch. <laughs> your, your ghost hand is on his crotch. Um, next action in the skill challenge, Pharrell, would be to start cutting... Uh, cutting so you get a plus one because you are being held steady crotch style and you get a pl- the other plus one because hope's been scoring it okay and then i came up with something for liriel to do if that's okay to jump in she's going mm-hmm. to cast me and as well and put it on top of varel's sword hilt to help kind of push it through okay. are they both what color are these hands like are they blue purple red oh geez liriel's is it looks like uh, it's lovely, it's right? On I the think... ocean, and it's got sparkles in it, and it smells okay. of roses. All right, so you're up to a plus three. And Ash, what color is yours? Brown, I assume. <laughs> no, it's <good>. <laughs> yellow. <laughs> green. Um, uh, uh, you know what? Green. Green's a good one. But a good green. A great color. Yeah, not like a gross, yeah. like booger green, but a good green. Like an an awesome green, yeah. like a verdant green. Yeah. Well, Excellent. hey, while we're doing it, a third mage hand appears. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, what color is this head? Uh, that like would pink be and purple, right? Uh, yeah, Stanley's uh, electric neon pink mage hand appears to help All guide right. the blade. I want everyone home to picture this. Vorel is standing upside down on the ceiling of a free falling elevator with a, like eight people piled up in the in the top. With a big flame sword ready to cut it pie style all around, and there are three mage heads. <laughs> One's on his crotch, one is where did you put yours, Hope? On his sword hand. Steady his sword hand. And Stanley, where are you putting yours? Uh mine's on the uh like near the tilt or helping on that okay, side. So as there's well. just he's got two backseat drivers on the sword hand that's helping steady his sword hand. All right, Pharrell, this is a very difficult roll. You will need a high roll for this. Uh, so with that forewarning, let's get the skill challenge going. Does this count as an attack? No. Okay, so it's a strength check. You're you're putting the sword in and then... And it's, your, it's, it's the fire, but it's also your muscles. Is it athletics or just pure strength? Athletics check. Sorry, I said strength, but athletics. Cool. So raging will not give me a bonus on athletics, only strength. So mm-hmm. let's do it. All right. Eee, it's not pretty. It's a 13 total. Okay. Do you stand that Uh I guess 16, and I haven't used the 10 yet. Okay, it, you take a brief glance to look as the result of the beginning is not good, and you see that you have time to make more attempts, but not many. <laughs> you, you sink your blade in, you attempt to move, and something is like, oh, you know you can get it, but uh, you can't get it this time. 
the elevator descends rapidly and you see the ground. You can see the ground, but it's still very far away, but it's coming fast. Seeing him waver, Stanley will once again go, Vorel, focus. The top of this elevator is your enemy. Cut through it like you would. And another inspiration. Okay, perfect. I can't use more than one die per roll, John. I don't. I never. Oh no! I assumed he used it. Did he not? No, no. no, He used a thirteen. I think he. I asked him if he stood pat because. Okay. Well, then I. He might not. His best case scenario would be twenty-three, and maybe he's thinking that's not high. Yeah. Then I I emphasized it was very hard. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I just encourage it that verbally. Yeah. Do you have any other skill check benefit spells that either of you? No. Heroism or something like that. I can't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, it, it, even though it, it, there's no statistical advantage to athletics checks, I will enter a rage for this. Okay. All right. So Varel. Uh, it, by the way, Varel's also still like flashing blue and yellow from the turbo haste, uh, and the turbo haste is benefiting. You get to make the second attempt really shortly after the first one. You will get All more right. attempts due to this haste. Let's rip it. All right, that's better. 21, uh, 20 with all my hands. Yeah, uh, plus three from the hands. 24, and, and adding in the D10 for an eight puts me to 20, 30, 32. 32, all right. The first attempt wasn't that good, and you take a moment. Everyone looks at you apprehensively as you take a quick Everyone's on haste, so it's really just a second. But in that slow-mo second of, of, of haste fever, uh, you look like you're taking a long time as the elevator begins descending. And then you approach it again with renewed vigor and describe for the audience and for us how you successfully cut open the top of the elevator. Pushing down the blade with the help of the hands. It penetrates through the metal. Just nothing but sinews, uh, big veiny muscle. There's no more neck anymore. Just Varel pecs overcoming the <laughs> whole body as he begins to walk. And that walk gain speed and just on into just a blaze of flame that just zoo, cuts around the edge. Perfect. And so if everyone can picture the elevator shaft now, the elevator falls down and then the... The, the metal is still sort of falling, but the momentum slows as everyone's feathered fall and kind of now forcing the metal up a bit. Um, so you got, this, 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 there's this round thing that floats up and then there's a bunch of people attached to the ceiling of it and you're standing on it and the elevator just goes and then it, it, you can see it hit the ground and go it smashes in a million pieces and bolts and things like that fly up all around you and, and dart all around. Ding, ding. It hits a piece of the glass shaft and the little bit of air goes nearby and you're still falling because the metal's still heavy enough that it's pushing on you, but you now have room to let it go. So what do you guys do? Yeah, we'll uh, roll. You'll push off. Okay, maybe I don't need to ask the obvious. Like, yeah, we get away from the metal thing. I'd like to not be crushed by the metal, so yeah, we'll get around. (laughs) All right. So, so it's hot on the edges, so you might like burn a little finger or something if you touch it. But basically, everyone jumps off to the side or pulls someone from the side, and then the metal piece also goes down and goes boom and hits the bottom, and then everyone begins floating, descending slowly. But the metal pieces have cracked the sides of the elevator shaft. There's air, like space, going. And, a lo- and little cracks start going <laughs> as everyone's floating down slowly. 
it looks dangerous. Uh, anyone going to do anything about that, or do you just want to chance it out and There's float to the bottom of the There's nothing you can do. It's not a spell that can be canceled. You do fall very fast, though. It's not yeah. actually slow. Oh, you can, it's just you enough can to guide not, it a bit? Okay. It's just not enough to take damage from an impact. So okay, perfect. if you picture so, it, it still looks like a pretty quick fall, but you're not going to take falling damage. You're not right, building up then, speed or anything. Then for dramatic effect, we'll we'll you know we'll say the the glass cracked, but I don't have a skill challenge associated with that. I don't know how we're going to top that this week. That was pretty epic. Um, so you guys all float to the bottom of the elevator shaft and carefully step out, and the door goes. Bing! And then you see, you open it, you're back on the main floor of the Cadulet, and there's elves running everywhere. There are clackings going on. There's like ships flying out, and as the, the floor shakes again, and you see the path where the information center is on the other side, there's the rainbow road that'll take you back to the biodome. We run for it. All right. So you run across the hallway and elves like, get out of my way. And like everyone's just rushing around. You make it way through. You're holding on Nash to Angelashi's or who's holding on to who? I don't remember. Anyways, you're all holding on to each other, <laughs> trying to run towards the rainbow road. You get there. You jump in. Rainbows in your eyes. And as you make it to the other side of the rainbow road, uh, you're in now the quiet room. And I assume everyone's headed for the villa. So you guys run out of the room and a blessing occurs and you see that there's a fleet of noble speeders just hanging out parked there. You don't know how or why they got there, but they seem there and they're there. They seem ready for you right there. Just just all lined up, six of them. So I imagine you guys are getting on one or getting on six. Who's driving a speeder? Is it? Uh, Stanley's driving. Stanley's going to drive. He's seen Hope do it. He kind of learned how to drive the Fate 4 and he also assumes as an elf he might have some uh, ability with it, so I will also be a driver. All right. Okay. So I need to get formations on the speeders, please. Uh, so we have Stanley on one speeder, Hope on one, I assume. Can Angela Ashy drive? Because Nash has no she, idea. What she looks at you and she says, uh, I, "I." She has the kids in her hand, and she no, she won't be driving. What about Lyriel? She might know how to drive. That's true. She'll get on one. All right. Liriel jumps on one. Nash and uh, Angel Ashy and the kids will try to get on Liriel's scooter. <laughs> I thought you were going to get on your own. <laughs> no, I don't want to drive. <laughs> Nash is a shitty pilot. <laughs> I don't want to die. How does Liriel respond to this? Is she cool? She's like, oh, this is own. exciting. This is probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened. I mean, there's room, oh, right? Is there room? Yeah, yeah, there's room. I mean, you're all squeezed. The two adults are squeezed on, and you've got the kids in the pouches, so there's just, like, there's room, but everyone's super crowded. Like, picture a motorcycle with four kids and three people. Are any of the kids like. in in their form, in other forms right now, or are they all child form? Um, the, boot is in boot form, so he's sort of, and, and the laces are kind of tied up to one of the sides, so he's just dangling off like a boot, yeah. and Nash Jr. is, because I think you had Boot and Nash Jr. Let's just say that's what you got in the chaos. You have, right. Nash Jr. is in, ba- she's in baby form. Yeah. And uh, Pipe is in baby form. And um, what, Fork is the other one, right? <laughs> fork is uh, fork is in fork form in the toolkit part, just like sort of sitting in the in the thing. So it's Fork is taking up a lot less room for sure. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, you gonna, can tell them all to change, and maybe they can get them to change and be more compact that way. Will they? Oh, I didn't know they were old enough for me to do that. Like, they're not, but you know, maybe 
I don't know. Yeah, maybe that. I don't know. They, they they do do it on their own. Actually, we're not there yet. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. we're gonna hop on there and be part of that. Okay. Perfect. So that's Luriel, Nash, Angelashi, and the four kids on one. Um, we still have chunks and Bok Bok to sort out. Stanley would add chunks to Bok Bok and say, "Hop on, hold on tight." All right. So you got Bok Bok and chunks. Yep. Okay. So uh, they they sit in front of you. Bok Bok gets in front of you, and he goes. Vroom, vroom! And then Chunks get gets on and he go he goes. Do we have a chunk sound? No. <laughs> he goes vroom vroom too, like Bok Bok does. They're just, <laughs> they're just super. They're actually really stoked uh, all of a sudden. And I think I got everyone. Did I miss anyone? Varel. Varel. I will slide, jump, and get on the front of hopes. <laughs> okay, you get on the front of hopes. Perfect. You're on the front of hopes. All right, uh, you ready to depart? Everyone kicks it into high gear. And uh, three speeders take off. And as you take off, uh, you can see the ceiling of the domes. Part of the atmosphere of the biodome is that it really looked like the forest. But because of all the damage that's occurring, you can see glass panes and pieces of glass and metal falling. And as you guys speed down, something sort of appears to hit. There's a big flash up top, and you hear a... And you hear a and a giant piece of metal breaks off the top, and then air begins sucking out this massive thing like a mile up. It's really high, but the pieces go and they start falling down all around you. I need everyone to make vehicle handling checks. Uh, Kristen, you'll have to remind us uh, what the skill associated with I just I think it's dexterity or it's piloting. Sorry, piloting. Uh, piloting is dexterity. All right. So Hope is uniquely skilled in it, so she'll get her skilled bonus. Uh, if she has it, um, you will just use your, uh, basically your dexterity modifier to make these rolls. I need saving okay. throws from the three pilots, Stanley, Hope, and Liriel. Wait, are we rolling a dex save or a dex skill check? Sorry, it's a skill check. Sorry, a piloting skill check. I okay. used the wrong verbiage. Sorry. Um, and just to confirm, I would assume it would be, I can assume that I get the jack-of-all-trades benefit to this as well, so it yeah. would be a seven for me. Yep, yeah. okay. yep. yep, you get jack-of-all-trades. You, uh, you don't get the, ex, not the expertise, but the proficiency from being skilled, right? Yeah, so it'd be a dirty 20 for me. Nice, it's a good roll. Dirty 20 for Hope and Liriel as well. Every, three 20s? Oh, three dirty 20s? Oh my god. So uh, pieces come flying down and you're like woo, woo. at one point, Hope, you sort of jump over one that's, that falls down but then blocks your way and you go woo, and Stanley falls after woo, and Liriel takes the side woo, and pieces continue to fall down. Second skill check, please. Uh, do not fail these. <laughs> uh, it's a 16 for the second okay. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. 28 for Hope. Okay. And a 12 for Lyriel. Perfect. All right. So, again, more pieces of debris fall down all around you. But that big metal piece, as you guys are racing, that big metal piece is now falling down and it's closing. And it's so big that you're not going to be able to leap over this one. You have to slide underneath it before it gets there and you, it's going to be a last second thing. Each of you are going to have to make a maneuver to lower your speeders and scrape it on the ground underneath this metal piece to make it to the other side or you will crash and smash into the metal piece. 
there's a chance you could break as well, but more pieces are following and the danger is very real. You, you, the only option is forward. This will now be a very difficult skill check, so use your skills and abilities accordingly. Well, I don't think I can inspire myself. Let me see here. We're both um, hoping, Muriel. I think you, I think you can. It says other than you. Oh, <laughs> well then, no, you can't. Sorry, Hope, uh, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> the DM is wrong. What did you say, Hope? Well, I was just saying that Hope and Lyriel both have inspiration, although I don't think how that goes. Then you can use them. And, but if you have any uh, other benefits that you can ver... Bar- like, I'll allow bardic inspiration to others if you want to give it uh, while you do that on your speeder. Sure, we'll give it to Lyriel probably needs it the most, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll inspire her. That's a D10 that she can add. Um, how big is this chunk? Uh, it's the, the chunk of metal. It's about <clears throat> like the size of maybe like an overpass. So... So you look, however high, like if you're driving under a overpass, it might be like 20 or 30 feet up. Like it's a huge piece of, of structure from the ceiling coming down and crossing the forest completely. Okay, I have a really dumb idea if I fail, but I will cross that bridge if we get there. Stanley will reach into his bag and get ready with the Diantalus timeout wand. Okay. But... Let's see how we do first. So Okay. If you need to know about... You, do you have a link to the spell? It's Autoluke's uh, Resilient Sphere, I believe is what it casts. Yeah, I see it. Uh, you, you made the item for it. Okay. Uh, it's a 20. Dirty 20. Okay. Um, and if it looks like they wouldn't make it, because we're sliding the bike underneath it, Yeah. Stanley would try to put the sphere around all of us. Because I already mm-hmm. know it goes off momentum because I saw Hope bounce around to try and just very briefly pop us out the other side and then deactivate it and continue on. Okay. So you're going to encompass the... Can you just give me the dimensions of what... It's 10 feet or something like that, right? I think maybe uh, sphere, 10 foot sphere. Let me read. does not say on the item. Oh, shit. Oh, is there a link? I'm sorry, I'm asking for the spell. I'll look up the spell. Sorry. I thought I put a link to the spell on the item, but I, I may have failed at that. <laughs> like, making those items, like, you have to put the codes in, right, to link to things? Uh, to Luke. Classic spell, though. Uh, Auto Luke's, uh, it says range area 30 feet, but I think this recast it. Oh, it doesn't really say. A creature or object of large size or smaller. Okay, well that answers it. That's about ten feet, right? A large creature takes uh, four. It's two by two square, usually on a battle map. So, yeah. So ten feet. Your speeder will fit in it. So yes, you can do this. Sweet. If you're doing it, if it fails, so I haven't confirmed whether your twenty is good or not. Right. Uh, I'm going to go to hope. But you've readied this contingency plan. Anything else I should know about about it? But I think I have the gist, right? Yeah, yeah. Just to try to kind of hamster ball bounce out of it. Yeah, Hope. uh, And it's a resilient sphere. Uh, Hope. Hope got a 19. Okay. 
can you can you buff bump it up a bit? All right. And what about <laughs> Lyriel? That's what it was. Uh, but I can re-roll a saving throw that fails. So I think I have to know. <laughs> it's a it's a skill check though. We we decided uh, on this saving one. throw. No, uh, indomitable. As a fighter, I can re-roll a saving throw that I fail, but I have to use the new roll. Right. But this is a skill check, not a saving throw. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, we'll revisit it. What is Liriel's role? 17. Okay, perfect. Um, Stanley, as as you're looking, the timing of this... Oh, no one's used their inspiration yet. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, that was a 17 with inspiration? Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, all right. Well, uh, is there anything else that you guys can... Any other contingency plans you can do, um, Stanley? For your benefit, I will confirm that your roll will just barely make it. But can you, I try you, you can you can see on your periphery, Liriel and, and Hope Speeders, and they're behind you just enough that in that millisecond that you're starting to careen down, you see that they're not going to make it. Liriel has Wall of Force, so what she'll do is she'll basically create a roadway on top of. The speeders, like above, as a like a canopy to catch exactly, so everyone can thing. keep going straight under. All right, let me just review the rules for this amazing spell she keeps using. <laughs> yes, wall of force. Just to make sure it, you know, the physics of the thing. Because I'm super good at physics. <laughs> uh, horizontal or vertical barrier. It can be free floating. Conform it to a dome. Or you can shape a flat surface. Ten if the wall cuts through creature space, nothing can physically pass through the wall. It is immune to all damage. It can't be dispelled. Disin- weak to disintegrate. Interesting. Okay, perfect. So, um, Liriel reacts really quickly. Uh, do you want to role play the her on the speeder doing the thing? Uh, she, she'd look up. Her eyes would get really wide, and she'd go, "Oh my." And that would trigger the casting of Wall of Force. Perfect. And before we finish up, do you still want to do your cool move with the spear? Because I really just wanted to have it. I loved it. It's an awesome idea. Yeah, we can save it. I think the Wall of Force is pretty cool, too. Okay, perfect. So Liriel uh, says, oh my, and, and, and makes this flat <laughs> surface fall. And as you guys, you're not going to make it. You can see that it's going to crush you. And as you're, as all three of you and everyone on it is sliding, you're like, you're dragging your speeders on the ground, like almost horizontally, just going, and just going motorcycle style underneath like a truck in a movie or something. You guys, you guys bump and bounce on the ground. And then she casts a spell and it appears above and boom, catches the big piece of metal. And you guys make it through. And the speeders all just right themselves and go, and then because she floats out of distance quickly, the wall of force dissipates and the metal goes and creates a huge cloud of dust that chases you behind on the speeders like, and then you pull into Villa Ornath and you're in there. Describe the next actions. Uh, Stanley is basically going to just keep the momentum going, turn the bike, slowing it, but use the momentum to kind of leap off and run for the door, because he knows he has to get that magical key in. Because I'm assuming that's going to be the safe space, is it's Mm -hmm. extra dimensional. And he's just going to yell back, follow me! And run in and run up the stairs and get the key ready. Perfect. Does anyone do anything different than follow Stanley? 
No. No. All right, so everyone beelines inside, um, kicking open the door, leaving it open, running in. Um, maybe Lyriel closes it behind her, you know? And <laughs> maybe just an instinct that she has about these things. I think she would close it. And then everyone runs up to the second floor following Stanley, the kids, everyone running. There's, there's just like panting and, and stress. Uh, the stairs open up to the that secret floor inside. Everyone clambers up, and Stanley, I imagine you close it, right? Yes. All right. You close it, and it's black. There's no light in here. Uh, even with your dark vision, it's very, like, there's no dim light. It's very hard to see. But you can make out everyone fearful. All around you are the sounds of destruction. Metal metal twisting. Impacts on the ground. Earthquakes. Floor shaking. And you hear it all around you. Um, with your dark vision, Hope and Stanley, you do see that there are um, candlelight holders spaced at various intervals throughout the room that can be lit. We'll uh, press the digitate those on. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, Leary will press to digitate a light in her hand. You, you guys race to be pressed to digitators, and all the all the all the lights come on. And the, and the candles shake, but they seem to seem to be holding their flame, and the movement doesn't seem to be putting them out. Um, and it all becomes quiet, and you feel this massive momentum, this loud. And as it happens, seats pop out. These wooden seats sort of pop out with seatbelts in them that you can strap yourselves into for safety why this is here is unknown to you. It seems super convenient, but you're in a desperate situation. Well, uh, kids first. All right. Uh, Nash, do you want to strap your kids into the safety seats? Yeah. I will, what do you uh, want to do to keep them secure? I'll do it one by one. If anyone's still transformed into boots or whatever, I'll uh, keep them tied to me, I think. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Nash Jr. and any others in kid form I'll, I'll I'll try to strap in the best I can okay perfect so you strap them all in uh, they're in and uh, everyone else able to buckle up really quickly and you sit and wait and you hear the sounds of eventually the sounds of metal tearing and cracking give way to just sounds like crazy fire outside And it lasts the last minute. And then all of a sudden, and everyone jerks. Like, just hits, hits ground, everyone. And we fade to black. All right, I want everyone to take a little breather for a second. It was intense. How's everyone feeling? You doing good? Yeah. I'm good. Wicked right. Just throw it back. So, uh, is every, everyone, I'm going to need Kyle back and. and Kristen, not so much actually. So if there's if there's stuff going around, but uh, uh, all right, we're gonna do something completely different for the last uh, dozen or so minutes at the end of the show. Uh, I'd like you to get out your character sheets for Mysterious Business, Blood Skunk Hendrickson, and Doctor Spider. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> uh, hold on. Oh, Take your time. No rush. Darkness, my old friend. A little epilogue to today's episode. We're going to have some fun. All right. I have it up. So each of you, after Hope departed, I don't know what you guys did, but you guys got up to some stuff. And, you know, I guess the whole thing kind of broke apart. 
based on your personalities, I imagine, you know, I'm imagining, we're all imagining what that might be, but you'll fill us in if it's necessary. But on this sojourn, you each received a missive from Brent requesting your attendance at a meeting at Dr. Spider's laboratory. So we rejoined Sterius, Bloodskunk, and Dr. Spider in the laboratory, and Bloodskunk and Sterius have just arrived. Dr. Spider, what might you be doing on a not-so-busy day of your that you can self-manage yourself? Malpractice, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're in the middle of malpractice. <laughs> uh, when Bloodskunk and Sterius enter, um, you know, your, your, your medical ward in the spider bay of hell. <laughs> I forget what we call it, but the spider ward or whatever. Uh, you've each received a missive from Brent. Do you guys want to do any RP with each other? Or do you want me to get right to it? I just, I'm just going <laughs> like that, just breathing mm-hmm. rad- erratically and raggedly. Serious would uh, be looking. Does Blood Skunk have ears? Is he still earless now? I'm earless. I don't. They, they're off. You didn't go get cosmetic surgery <laughs> during your downtime. No, okay. but I have. I can hear. I just have holes there now. You didn't even ask Doctor Spider if he could help. Like malpractice the back on. <laughs> I've offered. They're upside down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just hear through my stubby hole that I have now on each side. Did you get your answer, Sturious? Uh, yeah, yeah. I see that he's got just holes. Yep. All right. Little ear holes. So I guess you show up and there's not much happening in the way of conversation. Everyone's kind of like, eh? Yeah. And then a, a silhouette uh, down the hallway towards the, the entrance of this place. Uh, two silhouettes, a male and then a female, a voluptuous figure on his arm, walk it, walks into the room. And then they enter into the light of your ward, Dr. Spider. And you see that it's Brent in his white dining jacket and black slacks and nice shiny shoes and perfect haircut and mustache. A little rose in his pocket with a very beautiful human woman, very tall, wearing a sequin dress uh, with cleavage for days. And, you know, that slit showing one leg, a very flattering figure. And she's on his arm and he walks in. He says, hey, hey, why so glum? Oh, why uh, so glum, chums? Hi, boss. Uh, Good to see you. Why have you summoned us here? Well, you know, I kind of gave you guys a, a, a mission to do, and I thought it'd be a good idea to check in on you because, I don't know, I kind of heard that you weren't keeping an eye on Hope, and, and I think we had talked about that, so I was just kind of coming here to say, what's up? Well, you see, we were doing... A real good job, just like you told us to. Keeping a close eye on her. Then, she gets out the ring you gave her. Which I think, again, a good idea. Then, next thing we know, she pulls through a weird bandage man. And then, (laughs) he shows up, looks around. We're looking like, okay, there he is. And then, boom, they go back through. And she closes the gate. She uh, 
She ditched us. And uh, we don't know where she went. I thought that might happen. Blood Skunk, you got anything for me? She achieved this via magic and magic alone. We had no say in the matter. That's a great point. Magic was definitely involved. Dr. Spider, you got anything to tell me? I can stop my current procedure if needed. And little blood squirts out of my patient. <laughs> yes, this is a matter of cosmic imports. I think we should talk about it. I think your patient is not that important. Very good. Nurse, to the back with this one. <laughs> so, um, do you have any thoughts on the current situation? Uh, the hopeless sort of scenario I'm looking at right here? Well, we should find the bandage guy. <laughs> Who's the bandage guy? I don't know. All right, all right. I can see that. Um, I can see morale's a little low, uh, and I'd really like to do something to bring up your morale. But considering how generous I've been with all of you, I. I was kind of expecting as soon as Hope disappeared, you, you might go find her. So maybe you need a little help with that. Oh, what's that? And the woman on his arm whispers in his ear. You know, Mysteriosa has a good point. You do. Hmm. And he winks at you guys and sort of smiles in, like, in this gross kind of way. And he's like, you need a bit of help. You need someone when you lose hope, that would be good at finding hope. And I think I think all of you got great skills. There's a reason I chose all of you, but I don't know if none of you are great finders. And yes, I know you're a ranger, but you're also a harlequinari, and well, that's just a whole other bag of dice. Um, so, I'm going to meet, uh, I, I'm going to introduce you to your new captain. Are you ready to see this? And he opens up a portal, and he nods his head, and he's like, let's go. We're entering the serious, portal. Seriously, uh, go through. Yeah, I'll go through after the cow. After you, Dr. Spider. Uh, of course, Brent. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. And you each walk through the portal, and uh, Mysteriosa and Brent fo follow behind you, and then the portal closes, and you see that you're in this new room. There's all these wires and pipes. Dr. Spider, in particular, interested in it because you see that there's life fluid on all of them. So this is a medical room that you're in. This advanced hell medical room, and all this fluid and goop is running to the center area where um, this figure in, in pussy yellow liquid is sort of floating, and it's kind of a small pussy liquid and brent continues and he says i think i have just the person uh i think i have just the person that might be good to find her uh, you know she was kind of getting underused and i saw her soul happen to fall into the soul stream and i made some deals you know buttered up a few palms and i got us a winner here i think you're gonna like it and she's gonna help you find hope just so that you can make sure to keep tabs on her and remind her, you know, who her friend really is. Okay? You ready for this? Mysteriosa. And then Mysteriosa moves uh, towards the device, and she looks, and then with 
she does a flick of her tongue and like delight, and you see it's a snake tongue. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she takes his, her hand on a big lever and she goes, <sighs> and then everything lights up. <laughs> and then this, the, the, the pod that has the figure in it, the, the, the water drains out <sighs> and the, the, the body lands on the ground. And then a part of it opens up and a bed floats out. <sighs> and you see this curious looking kobold dressed in cloth and the kobold's eyes open and Brent says we, we've made a few modifications to her but uh, everyone I'd like to introduce you to your new captain Squirts Tricks <laughs> What the frick? And that's it for this week Thank you very much for playing D&D with me You've been a wonderful player group <laughs> Uh, Holy shit. I look forward to the next one. Demonic squirts. I don't even know what to say. That's amazing. All right. <laughs> that was really good. A great ending line, by the way, Kristen. You nailed it. Yeah, well done. Holy crap. Did not see that coming. All right. Well done, everybody. That was great. And uh, we are happy to be back doing it and making this show. So thanks for uh, hanging out last week while we didn't have one. We're glad to be back. We'll be back next week where we'll continue on. (laughs) Who knows what a future with uh, bounty hunting squirts even means in our lives Uh, or how 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 serious almost said serious George. How serious, serious, or whatever his name is. How, how we're supposed to react. But it's going to be great. That I know. So stick around and find out for yourselves. In the meantime, if you haven't done it uh, thus far, maybe check us out on our website and throw a little money toward our support system. It's how we keep the lights on for this show, and it means a lot to us. Head on over to therewillbedungeons.com, and you'll find all the details there. Pretty sure next week we're doing a yeah we'll do a we'll do a bonus episode next uh, next episode, and when we do, you will uh, have your answers question or your questions answered your answers questioned maybe that too who knows, uh, but that's gonna do it for us we're uh, let's see I'm all lost here why am I lost oh yeah here we go it's that's what happens when you leave for a week anyway thank you all for being here uh, be good to each other uh, stay safe or as they say on my morning show stay uh, stay safe. And we'll see you next time right here on There Will Be Dungeons. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.